0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Have you ever wondered how to say good morning in Italian? Or what is goodbye in French? You can ask Alexa. Just say, what is happy birthday in German? Or how do you say hello in Japanese? Do you want to know how to say I love you in Spanish? Ask Alexa and start learning a new language today.
1: What's happening? Mike Schmidt, 40 year old boy podcast. Uh, I don't feel tardy. I am. Certainly I'm tardy. Uh, I'm fighting against being tardy and things like that. But uh, we're tardy again this week and nobody likes that. Well, maybe you do like that. What if you do? What if that's your favorite thing about this show? the fact, that there's no rules and I put it up whenever. Don't you like that? <laughs> isn't that? Isn't that your favorite part of any pop culture sort of experience? Not ever knowing when you're going to experience it? Nobody likes regimentation and schedules. Nobody's like, "Oh my god, I, I like to rely on that every Thursday morning." No, man. Everybody's like, "I don't care when it comes out." Holy shit! I want I want this podcast to be hiding behind a bush and leap out and scare me anytime it gets the chance. Uh, and that's not the way to be. Certainly, we all know that. I'm pro- I'm projecting that perhaps you like the surprise element of recent shows. <laughs> That made me laugh. I I know it's not really a surprise element. It's, hey, Mike, what the fuck element. That's what it is. Uh, But we're here now and we're talking. Isn't that the most important thing? Rather than, look, I'm not here to say uh, what people did or didn't do. Uh, I'm not here to say if we took any uh, advantages with our pledges uh, or engaged in any illegal behavior, we did. (laughs) Did I wink after I said that? You're damn right. Even though you can't see me, I winked. It didn't ding like an any money wink. Uh, Which, last night, I went to an Eddie Money show, and I'm going to talk about it. Uh, You know, here's the... All right. Here's where I fucked up. I'll tell you this, for real. This is totally true. Uh... I, I sat to record this show on, on, like, Wednesday night and then some on Thursday I did I tried it four different times. I actually threw away, once I threw away nine minutes of audio, once I threw away 21 minutes of audio, which together is 30 minutes of audio. And I know you're thinking to yourself, well, I'd love to hear that. No, I fucking trash it. You know, it's not like I, I don't save mistakes. I mean, I, I think one show, Uh oh boy, I should tell you, should I tell you that story? Uh, I should. Fuck it. You know what? I'm going to do it. Ha ha. Guess what, everybody? We're going. To t- I'm telling you the story of a show I had to cancel one time that I actually saved, uh, and and because I, I, I lost my mind during it. Should I tell you that right now? Why the fuck not? Let's. Because I mean. Because this can't be some epic fucking bullshit show where I'm just talking in circles. Because again, I'm 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 cowed. I'm I'm my head is bowed. I come to you hat in hand and hope you'll understand. Well, you know it's a podcast and it's late and what the fuck. And I I know I'm losing you guys. I re, I know it and I don't want to fuck. I mean, because I get notes. I get notes from people who are just like super cool and all that. So I know I'm not really losing you. But at the same time, they're just there's gonna come that trigger point, man. And am I just am I just a fuckhead who's just like ooh, let's look for the trigger point. I'm not sure. Uh, i Fuck it, I'm telling this goddamn story. Why not? Because it's my fucking story. You know what? Tell your stories. Tell your fucking stories. You own them. Why not? I'm at Lily's house one time, and I'm recording. This is fucking I don't know 2000. Christ, I did not even know 15, No, 16, maybe. I don't even know. Um, and this is when I'm 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 in full on X mode. Okay, I mean I'm 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 there, and and she's with me, uh, but we're in the middle of one of the many. Uh, fucking brawls that we had so many goddamn times. And also, let me tell you this. Let's talk about this for just a second. You know, um, I came to you and I've talked to you about this a little bit where I've kind of uh, shed some light on the subject and shown you, well, this has happened or this might not have happened or, uh, you know, guys, I'm sorry that that happened and whatever the fuck. And, uh, and as I've talked about before when I was with my ex, uh, the show got different, man. Um, it, but it came out on time. I'll tell you that. We can't argue that. Uh, but it got it was different because I uh, I I would get in trouble for things I said on the show, if I said things and I and look also I've got to be honest with you I have no idea what I've told you and what I haven't told you, because I have to, I have confided in some people or, or I would have gone fucking insane, so so, so I may have told these some of these you know some of these little I'm not gonna tell you a whole bunch, but like um. I'll tell you this story. We were on the road and we were in uh, Philadelphia, and it was when I was on the road to do a show in Pittsburgh. It was like 2015, and uh, I did a show with Mex, and I had uh, at, where at at one point I guess I had said something about uh, we were, we were discussing ass versus tits or who's an ass man. I don't I don't even remember what the fuck it was, but I was like I said something along the lines of fuck that. I go you know what I I, I don't care you know if you got an ass and glasses line up let's go everybody outside my door let's fucking make this uh, some I, it was it was silliness, as you know. I am prone to, as you know, occasionally I will bring to you and your attention there'll be some sort of silliness where I will talk about oh I don't know, uh, just fucking diving head first between thighs. Like I I uh, I'm a carnal creature to a certain extent, and so that's that stuff. Will I wear it on my sleeve a little bit? So uh, so we, we Mex and I were talking, and and also by the way, I'm in the conversation with this with Mex, who's you know, married for a thousand years. And couldn't be less interested in entertaining any sort of outside uh, interference in that in that uh, institution. So we're just talking, man. It's just a couple of dudes fucking talking into microphones and saying something dumb like, "Oh yeah, no asses." Holy shit! Uh, yeah, just fucking line up. Let's do it. I'll 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 fucking mow through all of them. I'll eat through all of them. That sort of deal. Uh, and I knew when I said it in the show with David, I knew because every time I said anything that was kind of like that uh it was not taken well <laughs> in my relationship it was not something that i could that i could just very you know just go ah oh, man come on i'm kidding and and the thing that always fucking frustrated me the most was i would say shit on the show then i would get trouble for it and i'd go and in my brain you know i never really said it and uh i think i might have said it. well i mean i'd say it sometimes but not every time because it, you know it lost its effectiveness i i would say um uh, Jill, you, you you listened to the show for like two years before anything, before I even met you or talked to you. So you know who I am. You know what I do. You know what this is. Um, but, I, but I, and look, I'll, in fairness, uh, you know, the first two years of the show, I'm a married man and I'm happily married. And now uh, I'm talking to the woman who I, who basically I, we stole me. Uh, and who bailed on her husband, and so there's a there's a lot to unpack. So I get that. So I always I try to operate with that in my mind, where i just be like, "Well, look, I you know maybe she's she you know she thinks that I fucking bailed on my marriage, a- and a- after talking the way I did for two years that she heard, and I've been with her, so maybe she thinks that as I say those things, I'm inviting stuff to happen, you know. And then also we had had an incident too. I don't this is the thing I don't want to fucking peel this onion, but. uh so let's get back to the thing. Uh, so when all the so oh so anyway so in Philadelphia, literally it was Thursday morning. We were out we were on our way to go. We were going to go to a, this bar and have the Schmitter sandwich, and then I think we we're going to the Phillies game that night, possibly, or we might we might have already gone to the Phillies game. Regardless, I get in the shower at the hotel. She's already showered and stuff, and uh, and I get out of the shower and I walk out into the into the hotel room, and she's sitting at the at the desk. You know, they have the bed and the desk, you know, hotel room's built it's a fucking Hilton whatever. And she's sitting at the desk and shoulders slumped and this the look on her face. And I knew. I fucking knew. And like whenever I saw this look, I was like, "Oh man, this is going to suck for like 100 hours." Like I cuz I I would either get the silent treatment or would there it would just be, you know, and I'd get dude, and here's the thing, man. The thing that drove me crazy. First time she ever gave me the silent treatment, I got the silent treatment one time for like 9 hours. Uh, during a night and it was a dumb fight we had had at her house and this is a million years ago 2014 maybe i don't remember and um uh, might have been even to the, 2013 yeah no it was it was early cuz i had never seen it like we, everything had been proceeding very well <laughs> and everything was fine and then we finally got together and all of a sudden this fucking weird f- thing exploded into a it was I, I think i've told this story in there we had a fight over a plunger the dumbest thing in the world because like uh, uh it was some plunger thing at her house, and, and I said, "Hey, I'll do it." You know, I was like, "I'll," and she's just like, and she got freaked out, whatever the fuck. And then she wouldn't talk to me, and she, you know, she went in the other room. Uh, she went in the bedroom and laid down, and I was in the living room, and I let it go for uh, you know, probably a half hour where she wasn't talking to me, and uh, and so then I went in the room and I laid next to her and I and I spooned her, you know, and I put my arm around her and I'm like, "Hey, come on, you know, I, I'm not here often enough for us to fight. This is ridiculous." So. You know, to have to just be quiet and you got to, you know, and I, again, a half hour to me is, is more than enough time to get over a stupid fight. Like if there's a huge fight that's ridiculous and you're fighting about something that means something, then maybe there's a lot of stuff that you've got to unpack. You got to sit down and go through it. But if it's something that's just, again, it was a, it was a fight over a plunger. It was the dumbest thing in the world. And, uh, and I, and so now I'm spooning her and she, she won't even look at me. She won't even turn her head. I'm like, come on, honey. I, I go. I'm. I'm not here. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm only here for a couple of days. You know, I'm here for like four or five days, and I'm not going to see you again for a month. There's no reason to waste one of the nights here. And she, she wouldn't, dudes. She wouldn't talk to me. And so I, and I it was that thing where then you, then you, turn into, the begging guy. You know what I mean? Where all of a sudden you're like, because I, I, what I should have done. And, uh, you know, but this is early in the relationship. Okay, but what I should have done was gone. All right, fuck. I mean, you're just not going to talk to me. That's fine. Uh, And then I would and walk the fuck out. But instead, I'm like kind of like holding her. And I'm like, come on, what's going on here? This doesn't make any sense. Right. And I'm trying because I'm. And look, by the way, you shouldn't be the just the guy goes. All right, whatever the fuck. Right away. You should try. And I was trying. But again, I couldn't see. Any reason for this to continue? I was like, this is dumb. It's a silly fight over a plunger. I, you know, I love you. What are we doing here? And, and so then I tried, and then I was like, come on. I, I don't, honey, seriously, I don't understand why you, why you're going to be quite, and I'm, I'm, now I'm, fully immersed in trying to get her out of her shell or get her to talk to me or get her to even fucking notice me because she looks comatose, man. She's just fucking staring straight ahead. She won't even look at me. Curled up in a fetal position like, you know, I got to put my arm around her. She kind of shifts so I can't. It was just fucking stupid, just dumb. And I I tried for probably a half an hour, just go whispering in her ear and going, you know, what are you doing? da da, da. And then she wouldn't talk to me. And so finally I went, uh, and I had to just go, okay, all right, well, you know I love you, and and I'm in the other room. If you want to talk to me, you know whatever, and uh, and she didn't talk to me for like nine hours. Uh, and, and it's this thing where you're because eventually you're just kind of going, I don't. Well, this doesn't make any fucking sense. Like she she just wouldn't talk to me. So that was one of her weapons all the time. Well, one of was well, so I, in the beginning I would try to make sense of it, but then later on. Here's what I did, and this is why things got to be so uh, volatile a lot of the time. Um, that would start, and I'd go, "Honey, come on, don't do this. You got to, you got to talk. Don't fucking ignore me." Blah, blah. And, um, and then I, so then what I started to do is then go, "All right, fine. You don't talk to me? Fuck. Who cares?" And I would literally go in the other room, and I would, I would like surf my phone or something, anything. You know what I mean? And she would then, you know, after about a half hour, she'd come out of the bedroom and she'd go. Oh, uh, who are you texting? Are You texting another girl? Is that what you're doing? Or are you texting your friends? Tell them what a fucking bitch I am. Is that what you're trying to do? Is that? And I go, no, I'm checking hockey scores because you won't talk to me. Like I don't know what's going on. Oh no, that's fine. If you if you'd rather sit out here on your phone, you know, than than uh, than see me. And I go, you know, that thing where they they should spin it around on me. And I and there was a the thing where you, I'm on the on the couch going, I don't. Wait a minute, you were the one who didn't want to talk to me. I came in and tried to get you to talk. If you don't want to talk to me, I'm not going to beg you to talk to me. What the fuck? and then that and then we're off to the races. Now now the fight starts. I've got I've got my horse and I'm whipping it in the ass and she's got hers and she's pulling away and she's looking for the pole and we're just it now we're just fucking yelling. Uh and I, and and about nothing. Like you know, like one one time this truly I don't know if I again, I may have told you these stories. I don't even know why this is fucking coming out like a goddamn avalanche now. But um one t- she used to bust my balls for money all the time and I've talked about this. But it was like the, in a weird like she would do this. Like when I got my car that I have now, my 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 Camry hybrid, or no, no, is a, a Camry. Yeah, it's a Camry hybrid. Um, you know, I bought it in Wisconsin and drove it home here. You guys all know that story. And then what happened? Uh, I I got I, it had a factory radio, and I'm like, I can't have a fa- factory radio. I said I want to put a regular radio in it. So I you know I bought the car, and then before we left to drive to the coast, because she drove with me out here in the car. She said, "Well, let's go look at radio." So I went to we went to Best Buy and I picked out like I picked out a radio and fucking amazing speakers with the woofer subwoofer and all that shit. And uh, and she's like, "Well, I'll just let's just get it put in there." And I go, "Well, I don't have the money. I you know I paid for the car." And she's like, "Well, I'll put it in and just pay me back." And I'm like, "All right, cool." So we went and we picked it out and the guy installed it and it was fucking great. And to this day, I have a great stereo in my fucking car. And then uh, I wound up driving home. And then she came into my house, and I had a, (laughs) I I all right, I'm just uh, fuck, I'm talking about it. There, I had a book that I had bought to try to figure her out. That's that's all I'll say. I'm not going to get into titles or what I thought or any of that stuff because I'm not trying. This is I'm just telling stories, real stories. I'm just I'm just giving you the facts. So I had a book in my house that that uh, I had been reading to try to maybe understand what. she would do and how she was acting. And, uh, she came to my house, you know, we, we was great. I, she was going to stay for a few days. We're going to do the pool, the whole deal and all that stuff. And, uh, all of a sudden in, in the house, and by the way, these incidents are like years apart. Please don't think this is just like one weekend. <laughs> you know what I mean? The plunger fight and then all this bullshit. Uh, she came to my house and she saw, uh, uh she saw the book. Now, I will tell you this. She didn't tell me she saw the book. Here's what happened. She came to my house. Everything was great. We drove. We fucking came. We we're going to spend some time at the beach. We we're going to go out to the pool. It was going to be fun. And instead, she came here, and uh, within a day, she wanted to talk to me. She's kind of moped around, a lot of one-word answers. Yeah, no. And I'm like, oh, my God, what now? Like, what could have possibly happened? Did something happen in Oklahoma that I don't remember? What the fuck? And, I, and I'm I'm trying to go, hey, look, you know, it's this is a fun trip. We're here. But at this point, I'm... This is happening. You know, it would happen. She'd be great for, you know, everything would be fine. And then all of a sudden this switch would flip and I would get this version of her and she would slump and not talk to me and then she'd be texting with people and I wouldn't know who they were and it was men and ugh. um. So she she didn't want to talk to me. Like, you know, she's here and then she wound up, I think, if, if I remember right, she left early that trip. Like she rescheduled her flight or something and I, whatever the fuck. So uh, I took her she leaves right and I'm like you know I'm trying to be as good as I can my honey please don't I wish you wouldn't go but if you got to go okay whatever and or she she might have been only scheduled to be here for a couple of days again these are this is foggy because there's so many of these motherfucking things happened man I, I can't even explain to you well I can you guys you listen to me and you listen to the show and I probably talked about it a few times on this show but but it just it ruled my life And I'll tell you this: it ruled my life for the last three years. Even, you know, I I had that story in November where I was like, I blocked everything and I and I walked the fuck away. And it was, you know, I, and that's that's the truth. And I haven't gone back. I haven't seen it. I haven't looked at anything. I haven't checked anything. I've still blocked and everything. But but it haunts my skull. I mean, it's it's getting better. It's getting better now because I'm not immersing myself in it. But at the time, in the middle of it, dudes, it was just this chaotic situation that I, that I, and look, I was addicted to it. I, I I admit it freely. You know, I've, I've done some talking and stuff with Shannon. She's like, look, you grew up in chaos. So you kind of, you're comfortable in chaos. So you actually actively sought chaos probably. Uh, so she sees, she sees the book. I didn't realize she saw the book. She goes home and then I get an email and, and uh, it's literally, you know, Mike, uh you know since i came to, i came to your house and i tried my best and then i see this book and if you feel this way about me i can't possibly spend time with you because if that's what you really think of me then i i don't want to be a you know all this I we we would write it was funny this is great. We would write these emails back and forth to one another, but I would write long like paragraph ones. And she'd be like, oh my God, you go on and on. And I'm like, yeah, because I'm trying to be specific about how I feel and what the fuck is going on here. I'm not I'm not I can't just be like, oh this sucks. I mean I have to go specifically tell you exactly what it is that's bothering me or what's happening. So she uh she writes me this email and, and she's like I saw this book and obviously you think that of me and I can't possibly stay with someone who thinks that of me. Uh, have a great life. I love you. And please send me the, my things and all, all that. We would have those dramatic fucking things all the goddamn time. So I then, uh, you know what I did, folks, you know what I did, right? I fucking jutted my jaw and I wrote her a note and said, hey, look, man, uh, you know what? I'm just trying to do the best I can to get to this fucking relationship. And I'm trying to learn about you and do what I can. And I mean, I'm you know, I'm not I don't have any professional diagnoses, but I've been doing a lot of research. And this sounds a lot like you. No, of course I didn't do that. No, why would I do that at all? Instead, I called her and I'm like, oh, no. Oh, honey, no. Um, I, I bought that book so I could learn more about myself. Like I'm, I'm, I'm wondering maybe if I might have some of those traits and I'm trying to find out if I can, you know, figure out myself and behave a certain way because I've done a lot of research and I think that might be, I, I literally, I fucking spun it around on me. I spun it around on me for two reasons. One, uh I didn't want to fight. I, I just didn't want to have this fight yet. I didn't want to reveal this bullshit. I didn't, and none of that. I didn't want it to come out. But also two, uh <laughs> I just uh I didn't want her to go. You know, I didn't I just wanted to go. No, no, no. I and I never wanted her to think that I felt bad or, or thought ill of her, you know what I mean? Even though we'd have fucking brawls and every other goddamn thing, yelling at one another, uh, yelling brawls. That's it. Don't fucking don't misinterpret the word fucking brawl. Um, but I I couldn't. I didn't want to lose her over something as dumb as a book, even though the it was just it was a it was a fucking small, literally, literally it was it was Jenga man, and the tower went to the fucking moon. And the book is just one was just one log, you know, and it was ready to come crashing down any fucking moment. But I owned it. I said it was a book about me. I said, no, it's I'm trying to learn about me and my behaviors. And she's like, oh, okay, well, you know, whatever. And, you know, but she's and look, also, I'll tell you this. She she truly might be the smartest person I've ever met. Uh, She's prone to her, you know, emotional outbursts and things like that, but it's calculated all of it like she's. I, I, as I, as I've thought about it more and more, you know, cause I even told her one time she kind of, cause she wrote me a note one time claiming dumb. She did something that was for me ridiculously egregious. And then she wrote me a note like, 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 like shit where she'd just uh, disappear for like eight hours. And then I'd be, I'd be like, I, I, we'd have a long conversation about it and then it would happen again two weeks later. And I'd go, what the fuck? I go, we just had this conversation. I sent you an email about it. We talked and, and and she'd go, oh yeah, no, I just nobody had their phones out, or you know, there'd always be some, but she'd always do what she wanted. She'd always do what she wanted, and there would be times where I genuinely thought she was making an effort, uh, and then the same thing would happen, the same fucking thing. And I, but I stayed, you know, I stayed. I, whenever I tell anybody these stories, I go, but I stayed. Uh, so to sort of tie it back into the car and the stereo and and the what I would get. You know, after the book thing, she went home, and then we later that week we were talking, and uh, it was—I forget—it was like six o'clock at night or something. or no, it was four o'clock. It was actually four o'clock at night on a Thursday, I believe. And she goes, uh, "Are you going to drive tonight?" And I'm like, uh, "You know what? I'm not sure. I—I I, I haven't decided yet. Uh, still." And she just goes, "Oh, I mean, you know, you—you you do owe me five hundred dollars for that stereo, so I mean, you would think that maybe you'd want to get out and make some of that money." And, uh, and I just, I went, okay. And she goes, well, no, I, you know, i honey. I'm just telling you that, you know, it's obvious you owe some money. So maybe you should go out and try to work for it. And I went fine. All right, cool. I'm going to go now. Thanks. I hung up the phone and I could have just hung up the phone and hidden my apartment. No, I went and I hung up the phone and I went and drove for 13 hours. I drove until like seven in the next morning, uh, fueled by anger and rage. Uh, and also embarrassment because that's, that's the way it would work. She would say, "Don't worry about it. I'll, I'll, I'll cover you. It's great. We're fine. I can. F- I, I. I absolutely want to do this for you." And then a day later, or two days later, I would, I would eat with the wrong spoon and get told, "Oh, well, you know, it's it's funny because you do owe me so much fucking money. Maybe you should go ahead and work on." I, I and I hated it. It was it was a way. It was strings. It was a way to keep me under control. Because then also I was flying to see her in two weeks. So then I went to see her in two weeks and. Again, same thing. I don't even remember what the fuck it was. I got the silent treatment over something. She was hiding in the bedroom and I was in the living room. And same deal where, because now we're we're fully into the hole where I'm just like living my life if she, if she does this. Cause I'll, I'll, I look, I had training for this. All right. My mom was a silent treatment person. My mom, I told you would slam cabinets and fucking, you know, make her presence felt, but she wouldn't say anything to you. She was just fucking, she'd be misery on wheels and you just have to fucking cower and wait for it to blow over. Uh, and then when I started with my stepdad, my stepdad just fucking, he'd go out when that happened. He'd just go out to wherever, go see a friend or go, he just, he wouldn't, he would never engage in it. He, my mom would silent treatment and be all pissed and fucking stomping around and he'd just go fuck this and he'd leave. So I didn't want to be that way with my ex, but I, I would eventually, I made a decision where I was like, oh, you can't, you you can't be begging all the time. And it took, but look, it took me three years to get there. And also I, but I would not be antagonistic either. I'd go, all right, well, look, if you want to talk to me, I'm here. I love you. And I'd go in the other room. But then when I would do my own thing, then she'd want to fight because I wasn't miserable and I wasn't, I wasn't trying to win her back over. So she had to take the other tack which was to come out and, and berate me or say some shit about me. And she did that when, I, again, the following two weeks later, I was on the phone again, same deal. I was like checking, I was looking at scores or reading the internet, whatever the fuck I was doing. And she, she came out of the bedroom and uh, she goes, well, I guess I wasted that 500 fucking dollars on you, huh? That's more money I can put on the list of things I'll never fucking see when I get back. And just, and just started attacking me right at the, the weakest point, right at the sore point. Because also now I'm sitting on her couch and fucking in, in Wisconsin. I can't go drive. It's not like I can hand her money or go make money. I owe her money. There's a list. That's the whole point. We had an agreement where she would pay for stuff and I'd keep a list of it. And then like, a, you know, a couple weeks later, I'd send her a chunk of it. I'd send her money all the time. But it, I, I was always kind of in arrears because, you know, we'd go on a vacation or we'd go stay in a hotel or whatever. And look, the, she was generous. She was very generous. It's just that when she wanted to be, she could also be the person who reminded you just how fucking generous she was and what a fucking dickbag you were and what a layabout you were and how much money you owed. And, oh, my God, what are you doing and what's going on? And why don't you think of me? And I and I you just so then that's why then I just didn't want any generosity. I, I wouldn't want that's why like That's how the whole thing in Minneapolis started. The whole fight in Minnesota when we're at the ballpark, she's like, I wanted because we used to try ballpark food together. And there was, they had like a hot dog or some special sandwich, and I was like, "Yeah, let's get that." And then we were on our way over there, and I was like, uh, "Do you want?" It? And she's like, "Well, I'm probably not going to have it because I'm not really hungry." And I go, "Okay, cool." And I stopped, and I went to go to the seats, and she goes, "What are you doing?" And I go, "Well, I'm not going to get that thing if you don't want to have some of it because the whole point is trying it together." She's like, "No, no, it's fine. I'll get it for you." And I go, "No, no, I don't. I don't want it." You know, the, like I said, I, it's not like I'm hungry for this sandwich. I'm hungry for the experience with you, where we both eat it and we talk about it. And that she's like, "No, you can." I go, "No, honey, I don't want it. There's no reason. I don't want it." And she f- fucking lost her mind. She fucking freaked out, walked away from me. You know, I and in the in the ballpark, screaming at me, "What the fuck, man? I, I can't understand." You know what? You, you it's not about money. Don't freak out about money and and uh I, and go buy a year, or whatever the fuck, because that's a whole fucking show because I walked away in fucking Minneapolis and left her in a hotel room because she walked away and left me in the ballpark. And then that night, fuck it, why not? She, uh, you know, I, I, I told this story. I don't even know if I'm, and look, I may have mentioned this within the story. If I did, I apologize. Uh, She left me in the ballpark in Minneapolis and I, I was like, what are you doing? I, and I'm texting her. And she's like, I'm getting on the train. I'm leaving. I don't want to do that. And I'm like, what are you, fuck? And in, a, in a strange city, you're wandering the street. I don't even know where the fuck you are. So I texted her. And I go, wait there. Do not go. Do not get on the train. And uh, she did. She got on the fucking train. Stopped answering my texts. Because uh, I think either her phone died or my phone was about to die. Something like that. Then I went to get on the train. And there was a delay from 40 minutes. So then I show up at the other end at the train station because it was at the Mall of America, and I get out and she's standing there. She's like, and she's just leaning against the banister, and I go, "Hey, I go, come on, man, I go, I I, I don't understand why." And she literally just turns around and walks away from me. And I've told this part of the story. What well, I don't know if I and I don't know if I mentioned this, but here's the thing, man. She never said a word to me. She didn't talk to me. She didn't say anything. We didn't do anything. And then, uh, you know, a bunch of crazy shit happened and we get to the hotel and then I just pack my bags and I get the fuck out and she's crying in the hallways, you know, asking me, please not. And then she's like, don't leave me in a strange city. You can't leave me in a strange city. Oh my God. I'm like, you just left me in a strange fucking city. Like what the fuck? And I left, I went and slept at the airport and took a flight to Chicago. And then I actually, the next night I recorded the show where I kind of pulled the curtain down a little bit about what was going on. But then she posted and she would do, she would do this a lot. She would weaponize social media. Um, I've told you that she did that in the aftermath of our breakup on Twitter where she would write stuff like that was about me. You know, I I knew it was about me. It was always intimating stuff about me or a narcissist or I was this or I was that. And It was funny. It would always be shit that I would be like, well, you know, this is you, right? You understand this. I mean, you, you can call me out and, call, and say a bunch of shit about me all you want, but this is you. Um, <laughs> But... Um, she, she oh Christ, like the next morning after all that shit hit the fan, I might, I might have talked about this on the Minnesota episode, and no, I'm sorry because again, we're just, I just kind of, I don't even know why this happened, why I'm doing this, but she wrote on Facebook that she'd been accosted by by a stranger in in the train station there in Minneapolis, and she, and her, the way she wrote it this is the way she wrote it, which made me kind of laugh, um. Like a big thank you to the to the Minneapolis police department uh, who saved me last night when I was grabbed by a man uh, in in the wall of America parking lot or the train station He grabbed me and he was he was gonna do things whatever and I think she actually said there was like an FBI agent too or something like that she like but she said that the cops saved her. I'm so grateful and always will be to the Minneapolis Police Department who saved me and made sure they took care of me and all this stuff. And, uh, you know, she never said a word to me that night that, oh my God, honey, I'm happier here. Uh, you won't believe what happened. Like she never said anything to me about cops or, or a guy or any of that stuff, but she posted it on Facebook the next morning, you know, after I flew to Chicago and, uh, I saw it and initially as I, you know, let's put it this way. If it had been a year and a half earlier, I would have, I would have been like, "What the fuck? How do you fucking not tell me this?" And you go to fucking Facebook, but, but, um, I when I saw it that day, I I was worried initially because again, you never know. I don't, I do ever wanted to think that she was actively fucking with me or actively lying about things. I never wanted to think that, but um, but it, but it never happened. There's no way. I knew it had never happened because she. It had only been we had only been apart for like forty five minutes. You're telling me that the cops saved you and saved you from being accosted and did all this stuff and didn't take a report and because she said they had to arrest the guy and drag him in and all this stuff and and then they but also here's the best part like I showed up at the fucking train station she's there alone like you mean to tell me they would leave you alone in the fucking train station at the Mall of America after you were accosted by a guy for being alone and you'd be comfortable with being alone you wouldn't say you know. And then when I show up, you wouldn't go, oh, my God, or run to me and jump in my arms and go, oh, my God, you're not going to believe what happened. or Oh, honey, I'm so happy you're here or any of it. No, I got silent treatment the rest of the way, all the way to the fucking the hotel. And it was it was. And and you know, what's funny, even now, as I'm telling you this part of it, which I think I may have already, uh, I'm I'm sad, like in case she really was grabbed by some dude and the cops had to save her. But there's no way that happened. There's no way it happened. And I was so used to these fantastical things that I would that would be on social media where I was like, oh, man, give me a fucking break. So so she posted that the next day and people like listeners actually in on her post wrote, uh, how did Mike not break this guy's jaw? Where was Mike? What was Mike doing? And and the entire purpose of this post was to, in my opinion, embarrass me. And make it look like I didn't take care of her because that was another trigger point of mine was not only money, but also protecting her, taking care of her, making sure she was okay. And that was why it would, you know, because it was always a sticking point whenever I would say, hey, look, if you're going to go out, man, do me a favor, text me, tell me where you're going to be and text me when you're home safe. That's it. In the beginning, that's all I cared about. I was like, have fun, be safe. Just make sure you keep in touch and let me know what's going on because she's, you know, 2,000 miles away. Uh, and then after it dawned on me that she was never going to do that, I would just go, "All right, well, where are you going to be? And what's what's going on?" And I, and she just she wouldn't, you know. Occasionally, she would tell me, but most of the time, she'd just be, she'd just be out or gone, and I, 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 I wouldn't. And, and it's, I, again, I have such a trepidation of going into this now, where I'm talking and I'm, and and my brain, I'm, because again, I never wanted. I, I never wanted her to be the villain. You know, I never, I, it was not a thing I ever wanted to do. But it's fortuitous that I brought up the Minneapolis thing and then the post on Facebook because that gets into the thing I'm about to tell you. <laughs> you know, uh, when I say to you, I don't know what I've said on the show, it's true. I don't know what I've talked about because. Uh, I've also talked about things that happened to other people to the point where like some people were like, I I can't fucking listen to this anymore. Max, Max was like, dude, I can't fucking drop it either bail or, or just, you can't fucking tell me this anymore. Um, because it wasn't good for them because I, you know, I have that thing inside me. I've told you where if you, if you start to tell me a story. And it sounds like it's not going to go well. I will literally say, "Tell me the end of this. Tell me it turns out okay, and then you can tell me a story for four hours. I don't care, as long as the ending is good. I will listen to your long ass story." But I have that inside me where I don't want to. I, I, it freaks me out to listen as you, as you are put through horrible twists and turns. And if I, if I don't know that you're going to wind up okay at the end of it, I, I, I'm, I'm sick to my stomach almost the whole time. And I know. For a guy who has a storytelling podcast, that's probably a weird way to be, you know. Uh, as you're all waiting for outcomes and things like that, but uh, it just—it's just, you know, that's just how it was. But so Max was like, for his own mental health, he's like, "Look, dude, I can't fucking listen to this shit anymore, or I can't. It's gonna fucking you either." Because you, he was with me when uh, when some sh- some shit hit the fan once, and and then he's just like, "What are you? Why are you even going through this?" And I'm like, "Dude, it's a long ass fucking. It's a long story. I don't even want to fucking." Um oh man, should I tell this story? No, I, that one, maybe another time. <laughs> but it was one where Max was like, he was with me when it happened. And he's like, why are you fucking going through this? What are you doing? What's the point? And I, and I it was very hard for me to explain to people, look, to people that that this, you know, I, I loved this person and didn't want to go away. But also I had invested a lot of my own worth in this person. And so to leave would be, you know, I... I I don't know if it was my self-esteem that would have taken a blow or cause look, there's no secret. Um, you know, I, I lived that relationship very loudly. I lived it on, on Facebook. I lived it on social media, a lot of, a lot of photos with me holding that person or whatever. And, and we'd go on trips and we'd go out together and we'd, and, and I, um, I made her an, an, unbelievably important figure in my life in that if someone like this could love me or want me that was a good thing that meant that i was uh worthy of something that i was a good person that i was that i was i could i i was i was worth it you know uh and and what's funny is that it it, it was it was you know was it superficial probably because of of the way we looked together, the way, what I thought of her, and um, you know, as I as I've talked about, there was there was one aspect of our life that was that you know was beyond <laughs> beyond reproach. So, <clears throat> essentially, I was a high school kid, and and I and I've, I've done shows like this where I told you she was my first girlfriend, really, um, you know, because I I put her in that we would talk all the time about when she was younger, and we would we were we were both upset that we didn't know each other in school, like what we could have been together all that time. And we never were, uh, in the good times that would be stuff we'd talk about. And then later on, when I realized that, um, if i even read a book she would think i wasn't paying attention to her and she would mope and be mad at me <laughs> then i would be like oh wait a minute i this i don't know if this would have worked you know it's funny cuz she was she would always ask me to move to wisconsin she'd be like you know you should move to, you just just move here cuz initially she was going to move here that was the whole plan her, her kid was going to graduate school and uh, and i loved him he was the best and once he graduated high school she was going to move to california we were going to b- make a move why well, I, I look man i knew in the first year once, once the stuff that was happening started to happen because it, and it didn't happen super frequently early, but then when it started, that really happened. When shit started to really fucking, every time I get the sound treatment or she'd do this or she wouldn't, she wouldn't answer a text. Or she'd be gone. Um, or she'd be with another, a, a different guy. Like one time, I think I told her this fucking story. And if I didn't, I'm going to, if I did bear with me, because again, I don't know who I've told what to, uh, one time I was working, you know, it was a, it was a barbecue house. And, uh, I had texted her that morning and, and, you know, she didn't answer me or whatever. And then, uh, and then she said, yeah, you know, I, I, and then she answered me and she's like, oh yeah, I don't know what's going on. I'm not sure. And, and then I text, I texted her. I was in between shifts and I said, Hey, what's happening? She goes, Oh, nothing. She goes, I'm, you know, uh, I went to lunch and then I'm, I'm now I've got to go here and I go, oh, who'd you have lunch with? And she'd go, and this, and this happened a couple of times and she just goes, Oh, well, you, well, you don't know them. And I'm like, okay, well, that's fine. If you tell me who it is, then I'll know who it is. And she goes, no, it's not. Why, well, you know, it's not that big a deal. It's just an old friend, you know. So I went to lunch with an old friend, and and I go, okay, I I get that part of it, and I wasn't mad yet, you know. But I was like, if you're not, finally after like four dodges, I went, what the? F- who are you having lunch with? Just fucking tell me. So then I look crazy, you know what I mean? Because it, she makes you ask four times. If you just tell me the first time, then fucking I I'll just go. Cool. How was it? Was it cool? But it, it was a guy that um, <laughs> that she had. It was an ex, all right. But it, but he wasn't really an ex in that they dated. He was an ex in that I, I'm, I, had, I can't expose too much. But but it was but it was a guy that she had previously had a, a uh, like a physical relationship with, and I didn't even know she was in contact with this guy. Like I had no fucking idea. But she was like, she said his name. And I go, who's this? I don't even know who this is. And then she tells me who he was. And I was like, that guy? I go, all right. And she goes, yeah, but it's just lunch. Who cares? And I'm like, oh, fine. But if it's just lunch, why wouldn't you tell me the first fucking time? And she's like, well, I knew you'd, get, you'd do this and you'd get all mad. I go, well, I'm, I'm even more mad, first of all. You could have told if you told me this morning you were going to lunch with him, then it's fine. I, you know, we'd talk about it and whatever. But at this point, I gotta admit, I gotta admit, man, it's not fine because there would always be some dude or some name or some person that I didn't know that she's out having lunch with. Or she, oh, yeah, no, I, I met him for this and I saw him. The, they were all there. He just happened to be there. We were all there. That, that thing, that drives me fucking crazy. Hey, we'd go out and then, oh my God, he walked up. It was insane. And so, yeah, I took a picture with him. I'm like, okay. That's fine, but it would just, all oh, that shit, but then I would would have a picture, I'd take a picture, like when I went to PodFest once, I took a picture, and she's just like, who's this? Oh my God, who's this? All right, all right I'll tell you this for you. Holy fuck. Yeah, is a lot of nothing. I know this show, and look, it's super, it's a tardy show, folks. It's very tardy. Uh, so, she would, uh, one time I did a show at the Improv, this is totally true. And I may have told this fucking story too. Again, I don't remember who I've told stories to. I did a story. I did a show here. I did a 40-year-old boy show here at the Improv in L.A. And uh, I didn't get a great crowd. I probably only had like 10 or 12 people there. But it was fun. You know, I told a couple of stories. Eventually, I just got off stage and sat in the crowd with the microphone and talked to everybody. It was fun. Uh, But a listener to the show was there and she had brought a friend. And I wound up because this friend did not know who I was. Everybody else was kind of familiar with me and my nonsense. You know what I mean? So... So talking to them, it was it was fun, and I got names, and I said hi to everybody. But this friend, this new person, because if I find a new person, I'm going to zero in on a new person because then you can learn about them. They learn about you, and you see what I'm doing, whatever. So this person was in town from uh, from somewhere, and so I wound up talking to her. And I and every time I do a joke, I'd be like, "All right, is that okay with you?" And I I made her the go to. I made her kind of the button of the whole show. Or I would do a joke, or I'd tell a story. I go, "Are you with me? Are you still with me here?" And she'd she not or whatever she'd say yes and then, look she might have hated the show I got no fucking idea but all I know is the person who listens liked it and that was fine so after the show you know and then I text I texted Jill and I'm like all right I'm i I'm, I'm here and it was the great show was great I took a photo of, I I sent her because this is what I would do I'd say it's great and I'd send her a photo of me with a listener or me with somebody else to so I she always knew where I was at she always knew what I was doing she always knew who I was with then we wound up going to Fat Dog to go out and eat and we went to a place and it was a group a group of us and we ate and had a good time. And I had I I had Ubered to the to the Improv. So I forget why there was some reason why like think my car was dead or something. And uh, and so then this listener she out she uh, she and the new person who actually then I I wound up getting to know over eating a little bit more she was in town she was a great friend of my friend and 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 we had a really good time and then I I my friend gave me a ride home. She said, "You need a ride home?" I said, "Sure." So I got a ride home from the two of them and they dropped me off and it was great and everything was fine and I got in it was late you know and then I texted her with the two hour time difference I'm like hey you know I just got home we went out afterwards we talked like I said and I got a ride home from this person and this person and she goes they drove you home and I said yeah and she goes so now she has your home address I'm like. I, yeah, I guess so. But I don't think she kept it. You know what I mean? I just Told her where to go, and she goes, "Oh, so she can just stop by whenever she wants." Now she can just come over whenever, whenever she would want to. And now we're deep in our relationship. Now we're we're a good year and a half, two years in, uh, and I'm getting this shit when I'm. I, and I went, "What are you talking about?" I go, "It's somebody. I sent you a picture. It's a person who's a listener. It's a, it's a nice person who's a friend. It's not." And I, dudes, I got my balls busted because now I got driven home by these two women who then who then had my home address. And I and I even said it was like it was so absurd. I'm like Am I just, what? Do you think I'm going to fucking have a three-way with these people and text you about it? I mean, it's fucking insane. I got to ride home. And then but <laughs> but the double standard of this for me was then she would do stuff like that and I would I would say, "What are you doing?" and then she would go, "Oh my god, it's just you don't even you don't know this person." And, and and, and then I would get called crazy for asking questions when she could ask me all the questions in the world and she would be upset. But then I would get upset because I'd be like, well, like one time, dude, she had a All right, fuck. I'll just say this. She used to get up for work. She had to work at four in the morning. So she'd be up for work at two thirty. So one day, uh, she tells me that she has, cause she has a neighbor. And I think I told you this neighbor who moves in was a guy who had tried to sleep with her. He had basically on Facebook, I had seen it. He had triangulated her position to try to find out where she was like literally writing other people going, Hey, is, is that girl Jill there keep her there? I'll be there. Like, this was early in our relationship and I was like what the fuck this fuck and she even told me this is creepy as fuck. I hate this. This is fucking so weird. I don't understand what's going on. He's the guy who walked up to her and he put a quarter on her leg and he said hey man give me a call whenever you can whatever the fuck. So uh so it turns out later on and again I might have told you all this fucking thing I know but it turns out that dude she looks at me one day we were at we were at her son's football practice and she's like oh my god you're not gonna believe this and I'm like what and she goes uh Uh, you know, the guy who owned the building rented out the the apartment next door to the house. And I'm like, oh, cool. And she goes, yeah, it's Eric. And I'm like, excuse me? And she goes, yeah, it's, it's, and she says his full name. And I go, he's now going to live next door to you. And she goes, yeah, wow, that's wild, right? And she had told like, I, I, oh, so I didn't, all right, fuck. She had told me it was really creepy that he was trying to meet her and it was creepy that he was bothering her, put a quarter on her leg. And because this is really early in our relationship and then one day she said she had gone for a drink and she was at the bar at this place. And then she was like, Yeah, no. And then I had to head home and whatever. I said, Oh, who are you with? And she goes, Oh, no. It's like, Yeah, I was over at the, and she kind of skated through it. And I go, Who are you with? And literally on the phone, she goes, Eric. And I went, Excuse me? This is way before he moved in. I go, Excuse me? She goes, Eric. And I go, Eric. And I said his name. She goes, Yeah. And I go, the motherfucker who tried to meet you, who like really you said was stalking you on Facebook and liked all your photos, and you thought it was creepy, and he was a weirdo, and he put a money a quarter on your leg and said call him when you had a chance, and she goes, yeah, he's a nice guy, and I go, whoa, whoa, when did he jump into fucking nice guy territory? Because I'm in, again, I'm in L.A., I don't fucking know, and I'm like, when the fuck, when is he a nice guy? What the fuck? And she goes, well, it was just you know, it was raining yesterday, and so I saw him walking. And I pulled over and I said, hey, do you want a ride? And he said, yeah. And then he asked if I wanted to go get a drink instead. And we went and I'm like, wait, what the fuck? Hold on, man. Hold on. This dude who you said was stalking you and was following you on Facebook and trying to find out where you were and liking your photos. And you said he was a fucking creep. You saw him walking on the street and you pulled over to give him a ride. Well, yeah, I'd give anybody a ride. It was raining outside. Get get fucked, man. There's no way. There's no way. And like, I lost my mind. I was ready to, I was supposed to go out there. I was ready to cancel a fucking trip. And I was like, and then she's like, honey, no, you don't understand. Oh my God, you're overreacting. Da, da, da. And I'm like, well, you didn't, you wouldn't, you didn't tell me you were with him. Like I had to drag it out of you. Who were you with? What were you doing? Who were you? With? And you finally went, you sighed and said, Eric, and you're like, cause I knew you, she goes, I knew you'd do this. And I'm like, well, of course I'm going to do this. You told me he was a fucking creep. Who's stalking you. Why the fuck are you picking this fucking guy up in the fucking street, man? And that's dudes, That's dudes. 2014. I stayed two more years. And then, you know, eight months after that incident, or even maybe even a year, he rents the apartment next to her. And, and I'm, I'm like, well, I, and literally she tells me this when she, we're at the fucking football practice. And I just went, don't fuck him because I was so frustrated and she and she flinched like like i had fucking slapped her it was fucking terrible man cuz i look i was i was i'm not proud of myself that i fucking said it but she's like yeah i'm oh going get erics moving in next door i'm like what the fuck why she goes well, he needed an apartment you know and i had put him in contact with him like oh so you kind of made this happen she's like well you know i'm reach i'm just trying to help somebody if he needs help you know he was he was losing his other place and and then i went just don't fuck him cuz it was like so frustrating a moment for me and i look i'm not proud of it it was a shitty fucking thing to say. And she blinked like, what? She goes, I can't believe you just said that to me. And I go, I I can't believe it either. All right. But but, you know who this guy is. She goes, he's my friend. And I go, all right, fine. He's your friend. But we know who he used to be and what he did. So, uh, of course, the dude moves in. And then, of course, like, like three weeks after he moves in, or he not, it might have even been sooner than that. She tells me, she's like, oh, my God, I was so weird this morning. And I'm like, what happened? She gets up, you know, she has to be at work at 2.30 at, morning, she, at 4. So she's up at 2.30 in the morning. She jumps she and, you know, she has to get showered and dressed and ready for work. And she says, yeah, Eric came over this morning. I'm like, what do you mean this morning? Like, you work at 4. And she goes, no, no, he came over like he was drunk and he came over. It was like, you know, I was I was blow drying my hair and he, I heard a knock on the door or whatever. And, I'm, and in my head, I'm like, wait, all right, so you're. You're still kind of wet from your shower, which I again i know, I know it's the weirdest leap to make, but in my head, I'm like, you're still wet from your shower, like are you in a towel like what are you wearing?" And she's like she's like "Well, I was getting ready for work, you know I'm blowing drying my hair, and I thought I heard a knock and uh and then she opened the door and, and it was him, and I said, "Oh well, what the fuck what's he want?" And she's like, "Well, he was drunk, you know, and he wanted some beers, like you need, he 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 was out of beers at his place, and I said, "Okay, cool, so you told him to get fucked right." She's like, well, no, you know, it was weird. Like he came in and I'm blow drying my hair and we're talking, you know, and he's hanging out and she goes, it was so weird because he said he had like a girl over at his house. And that's why he was, he was here to get beers. You know, he's, he's, he's with a girl because he needed some, uh, some stuff. And, and I go, whoa, whoa, hold on. You let him in the fucking house. She goes, well, yeah, I'm just getting ready for work. And I go, you let a man in your house at three o'clock in the morning, three 15 in the morning. She goes, well, I know him. It's not, and I go, no, no, I, I go, but I don't fucking know him. I've never met the fucking guy and he's in your apartment. She goes, well, yeah. And I go, and in my head, I'm just like, you're five feet one. You weigh 98 pounds. Do you know if he, and and he was, he was a big dude. He was fucking, you know, he's like six, three and and whatever. It doesn't fucking matter. You don't let a dude in your house. She's like, oh, you know, he just, he just wanted to borrow some beers. And I'm like, but then he stayed there until she got ready and left for work. So he had a girl in his apartment and he was going to, and I, in my brain, I go, you know, he didn't have a girl in his apartment, right? And she's like, yeah, he did. And I go, then he hung out with you for how long? She goes, I don't know, a half hour. And I'm like, okay. So he left the girl alone in his apartment to go visit his fucking neighbor and, and get be, like, I mean, and she's just like, oh, you're a honey, you're overreacting to this. And I'm just like, you, you've got to be kidding me. And here, but here's the thing that shit would happen. And that's why when anything harmless would happen and I'd get, my hackles up or I'd freak out a little bit. I, I, she'd be like, oh my God, you you this is so crazy. And I'd go, yes, but you don't understand. There's 10 other things that make me think that this is something. Don't you know this? Don't you know this? I, 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 when I explained to her once, I said, you know, it's like, it's like sitting at a desk and there's one of those fucking ceilings above you with that bad cardboard fucking tiling shit above you. And someone keeps throwing garbage in it. Literally, someone keeps throwing garbage in the ceiling and you you ignore it, you deal with it, you ignore it, you deal with it. And eventually, the whole fucking ceiling caves in on your head and you're covered in garbage. And then you fix the ceiling, you think, and then the person just keeps throwing more garbage in there and you let it happen. You know, it's, it's one of those things where, like, you deal with, I, I ignored 20 things and then the 21st thing is the thing where I fucking explode and I lose my fucking mind. So... Uh, this is all over the fucking place Jesus Christ and and now I now I'm pot committed now we're I don't even know where are we at here we're almost at an hour uh, so the, the whole thing of doing this was in service of telling you a story that uh, so so the thing is Lily she used to be the sounding board for all of this. Like I'd be like, I don't fucking understand what's going on. I don't know what's happening here because there'd be when I would fight back, you know when I when I wouldn't text back, because I told you that thing where she'd ignore my texts for like, you know, all night. And then in the morning, like I would I would normally be like, hey, you know, hey, babe, I'm going to sleep now. I hope everything's okay now. <laughs> I turned to my little brother, Andy. Soup's real good, mom. Liar! Well, I would literally be like, hey, babe, I'm home, home from work. I hope you're having fun or whatever you're doing and I hope it's good and uh, all this fucking bullshit. And then in the morning, I would text when I woke up. Hey, I'm up, you know, getting showered, heading to work. I hope you're good, da-da-da. And then she'd text, and she'd be like, "Oh yeah, you know, I just I fell asleep last night, or I didn't my phone on, you know, that, that shit would happen." And I, I would try to be the the cool boyfriend because there's look, there's nothing less sexy than someone boring you with stories of their ex. There's nothing less sexy than someone constantly smothering you and going, "Where were you? What were you doing? Where were we going?" You know, I tried to be a trusting guy, but but it almost was like then when that happened. She would do something. She would do a, a little more, and then the next time a little more, and the next time she'd, uh, you know, go out and and take a photo with somebody and then post it, and then wouldn't answer my text. Like there would always be, she would always be pushing and pushing for me to react to things. Uh, and, it, and it would just be, it would be insane. Like one time, I, I took her to dinner here. With uh two two really good friends, my friend Heidi and my friend Mel, we went to sushi. I think I told this story on here I don't, again, I don't even know what I've told people, but she went out to dinner and I, was, I couldn't wait for her to go because I wanted her to meet Heidi and Mel, you know and also look, I wanted to show her off to everybody. That was the whole thing. I mean I was I was fucking smitten head over heels, and I, I fucking invested hard where I was like, "No, this is it. I would tell her you're my happy ending. you're my finish line. this is it. you're my perfect fit you're forever." When we're 80 years old and holding hands on the beach, it's going to be fucking amazing. But I would say those things. And then in my head, I knew, I knew in the first year I was like, well, that shit's not going to work because I couldn't, I couldn't sit quietly with her without her thinking I was ignoring her or plotting or planning something. It was weird. I told you this, like she'd be getting ready to go. She'd be getting ready to we'd be going out and I'd be sitting in the living room watching TV. I was ready. I was showered and whatever. And I'd be watching T V. And she'd be in the bathroom, you know, doing her hair and whatever. And then she'd come in the living room and she'd like sit down and I go, Hey baby, you ready? And she'd go, What do you mean? I go, Are you ready? She'd go, Oh well, I mean I just I mean, if you'd rather just watch TV, I guess, you know, we can go ahead and stay here. I'm like, What are you talking about? I'm just waiting for you to get ready. She goes, Well, you haven't you know, you didn't even ask me if I'm ready or you haven't checked on me or anything. Like she'd she goes, why aren't you even, why wouldn't you check on me? Like, why didn't you see if we were ready to, go? I'm like, honey, I'm ready. I told you, I'm ready to go when you're ready to go. I'm just, babe, this is nothing. She goes, well, if you want to finish your game, that's fine. I'm like, I'm just killing time, babe. I'm waiting for you to get ready and then we can go. Is that okay? All right. Well, I just want to make sure you still want to go because it doesn't seem like you want to go. I'm like, of course I want to go. Let's do it. Let's, I'm, I'm, and then, so then what do I do? I turn off the TV and I snap to attention. What do you need, babe? <laughs> what do you want from me? <laughs> How am I supposed to behave? <laughs> Please tell me how to be. <laughs> I'll be that. And eventually, I, I told you the story. Like I'd be at her house and I'd I'd wear slippers in her house and I'd meet her at the door when she got home from work. Literally like a 50s housewife, man. She'd come in and look, I you know, in the beginning, it was, I, I would do it because I was happy to see her and I couldn't wait to get my fucking hands on her. But then I did it because I knew if I didn't, uh, she'd be like, "Oh, well, whatever you were doing was probably pretty important. I mean, I, you know, I just, I've just been at work for 13 hours, but I, I, I guess you don't want to see me, or you know, it would be that bullshit." So then I started meeting her at the door. Like literally, I would hear the key in the lock, and I would, I would almost sprint to the kitchen, and and wait for her, and she would walk in, and I'd go, "Hey," and I'd hug her, and I'd take her bag from her, and I'd put it down, and I'd hold her, and I'd go, "Hey, how was it today? What's going?" And which is. A nice thing to do if it's not Pavlovian training because here's what happened uh, I would meet her at the door eventually you know I'd, I'd kept meeting her at the door I'd hold her I'd go hey what's going on or whatever I have a glass of wine poured sometimes and uh and then one time she comes in and I, I go hey and I go to hug her and she goes you know you're smothering me and I was like what she goes, yeah it's just it's just I just got home you know give just give me a second you know you're right here all the time you're like right on my right on my heels and I'm I, I wanted to fucking explode I wanted I wanted to fucking scream so loud the house collapsed because that wasn't me I wasn't I had changed who I was fundamentally so I could greet her in the kitchen and be like, Hey baby, how are you? What was your day like? And I could look, I care how your fucking day is, but I don't want to be there fucking in a, in an apron and a house coat with hoping you've brought my balls back from work. So I, when she, she told me that and I was just like, what the fuck? I, 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 I was so, cause then I'm look, I knew I was betraying myself. I knew I was betraying who I was inside by uh by acting like this, but i I felt it was what was needed to do to keep her happy and keep her there and to try to at least keep the peace and not have a fucking fight every every two weeks, every week, whatever the fuck so you know, Lily used to hear this shit all the time and i i mean and and so Lily would say to me i would i, I all right so i like i I think I told so what I was saying is she didn't text me. One night. So then, in the morning, I didn't text her. I would text every night. I would text every morning, and I texted her like twice one night. And then finally, the third time, I went. All right, I'm going to sleep. I haven't heard from you, whatever. So in the morning, I never heard from her. And in and then in the morning, I got up, and I said, "Fuck it, I'm not texting to say I'm up." I got showered. I went to work. I didn't hear from her all day. So finally, at two in the afternoon, I get a text, and it says, "Well." Uh, Obviously, we've broken up or something's wrong because I haven't heard from you, which is fine. Uh, just make sure you let me know if you want to send my stuff. And, like the, and then I t- I texted her. and I go, I haven't heard from you in like fucking 14 hours. She's like, well, I, I was out. You know, I, I didn't get to the phone. And then, and I go, yeah, but then I didn't. So I got up this morning. I didn't hear from you. Why the fuck should I write you if I haven't heard from you? Well, I was waiting to hear from you this morning. You know, if you would have said something that I would understand, you know, and I'm like, because she and again, All that is, is bullshit where, you know, you fucked up and you, you, you want to put it on me and put me on my fucking heels and start a fight rather than have any questions asked about where you spent the fucking night or what you did or who you were with. And it's funny because Lily used to say to me, you know, she'd be like, uh, whenever I would, I would go through and I would talk about this before the show. And it was funny. I had to get it out of my system before the show or it would have bled into the fucking show. So Lily had to sit there and fucking listen to me go on and on about what the fuck was going on and what was I going to do and how the fuck was this was crazy and stuff. She's like, you got to walk away from this. I'm like, I I know, I I know. And then I would because that became my, my mechanism all the time. I would just pack my suitcases and leave. I would literally just leave. (laughs) I, one time I walked fucking two miles and then took a lift to the airport in Milwaukee for 40 bucks just to fucking bail. Because of some shit that happened on a Sunday night, it was insane. But Lily would also say to me, because uh, because Jill would say, "Oh, who are you with? Were you cheating? What did you do? Oh my God, these girls or whatever." Any 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 listener who would who would uh, who would you know was nice or was a, was friendly, you know, she'd freak out and say, "Oh, are they going to come to your house now? All that it just just fucking." bananas but then like i said she's got a guy in her house at fucking three in the morning and i i i could never get her to understand why that was so egregious that she would bust my balls about shit but then do worse stuff and and lily said to me she like you know lily told me more than once she goes you know all that stuff that she's accusing you of doing she's doing it and I'm like, "What do you mean?" She goes, "I look. I hate to do this, and I hate to say this to you, but anything that she says to you that she thinks you did, or if she come if she starts a fight on a false premise about you seeing a girl or you doing anything, she goes, all she's doing is covering up for what she did and, and making sure you don't ask about what her behavior is like, because you're always on your heels and you're always on the defensive. And sure enough, like I mean, I you know I didn't want to believe it." Uh, but then I go, I go online and I read about, I did all this research about stuff and, and it always said it's a, it's projection and they do it on purpose because they know what they did. And so it's not even a case of they, they do it. So they think you do it too. It's just, they, they, I keep saying they, people will do that because they don't want you to dig deeper when you're look, when you're constantly in a defensive stance, you can't go on offense and and i it's it's kind of that principle you know and and I've read you know like i said i've i've i have assumptions of what kind of personality type she is and or was i don't know, because I don't know now she's again I'm sure everything is perfect and everything's fine she's got her new her new dude and everything's great, and that's and i'm sure they're uh, they're just staring at sunsets all the time laughing at my fucking nonsense, but one time. Uh, we broke, I forget what it was, but this was late. This was in the fucking death rattle. And this is when I had walked away and was like, I can't, I fucking can't anymore. I just can't, you know? And I was, I was trying not to, uh, get sucked back into it. But I, I, you know, in my brain, I wanted to be, I I knew I wanted to be, but I would, but I was so angry. And so anyway, I'm at, I'm at, uh she would, she would, again, like I said, she would weaponize social media. She would weaponize things. One time I was at Lily's house and we hadn't talked, she and I hadn't talked for like two days. And then she posted a thing about how, uh, she had been hurt and that nobody was there for her. But finally some of her friends who she, she knew she could always count on took her and she went to the doctor and everything was fine. like all this di- And I was, I was going out of my mind. I'm like, fucking look at this. And then she's sick and she doesn't call me. She puts it on Facebook and Lily goes, she's not sick. This, this is just, this is to hurt you, man. It's to make you upset or sad and take notice of her. This is what she's doing. And I'm like, I don't fuck that. I, and cause I was trying not to break it, trying not to call her, trying not to talk to her. And then instead i on, on Facebook. I have to see that. I'm like, what the fuck? <sighs> I'm, I was going to do the show once I was at Lily's house and, uh, <laughs> I had, I was after after spending an hour, maybe 90 minutes filling Lillian on everything that had happened and why I wasn't going back and this was it and we were done and oh my gosh and da 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 and and beautiful patient Lily sitting there listening and nodding and just going you know you you got to you, 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 you know cuz Lily once said to me she goes look you know you're 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 going to wind up dead with this chick man you got to fucking stop and uh you know, Mex had said the same thing, but, but Mex had said it much sooner. <laughs> uh, and look, I, I don't know if this show is interesting or good. I don't know. I'm, I I know I'm filling a lot of time and talking. I'm already tardy. Uh, should I make this an official episode? I don't know. Perhaps it's what we'll call it. It's another filler. I don't, I don't know, man. I don't fucking know. So I was at the desk at Lily's house getting ready to record once. And uh, you know what? Fuck that. Yeah, it was. It was here at my house. It wasn't at Lily's place. It was. I was at the desk at my house. This is when Lily came over here, when we were recording here for a while. And uh, <clears throat> I got a text, you know, from from uh, my ex, and and it said, "Look, I absolutely need to speak to you. This is an emergency. I wouldn't bother you otherwise, but this is this is something I really." really need you in this moment it's a complete it's it's and it was desperate because i'm desperate it's an emergency we have to talk and i you know i i put the phone down and i looked at lily and i'm like i all right look and lily's like all right, you do what you got to do there's another thing is lily never never was like don't do that or stay away lily Always gave me all the rope I needed to make all of the moves that I shouldn't have done. If you know what I mean, like she was always like, Hey man, you're, you're going to do what you're going to do. Um, this is how I feel about it and my advice, but you live your life and do your best to be happy. Lily, she's a miracle, man. She's a fucking miracle. So, uh, I said, look, I got to call her and she goes, all right. And so I went and I sat on the couch. Uh, did I even have a couch at that time? No, I had. I think I had a chair, or a cocktail bench, and I sat down. And uh, I, I I called her and I said, "Hey, um, what's uh, f- what's going on?" And uh, she told me that she was late. And I said, "What do you mean late?" And I, because I mean, the, I was because I knew what she meant. I thought. But I didn't. I didn't think, for real, that she meant this. But she said, "I'm late," because I haven't, you know, I haven't gotten my period. And I said, "Okay, uh, what? Like, how late are we looking?" She goes, uh, three weeks, maybe." I'm like, "Okay, so what does this mean?" She goes, "Well, I," and she says, "Like, i I, I really think I'm pregnant. I've, I've been pregnant before." And this is, this is kind of, it's the same type of deal. And, and, you know, she's not being mean or malicious, but she's genuinely saying, I, I think I'm pregnant. And, and, uh, you know, I know you don't want, and it would always couched in this bullshit. I know you hate me. I know you don't want to talk to me anymore ever again, but we have to do this together. I have to talk to you because, and then she said she was late. And, uh, and I said, all right. And I, I, I was so over her at this point and and the bullshit that i just went okay i go so what do we do and she goes excuse me i go what do we do and she goes well i i you know we, we need to find out first and I go, okay so you got to go to a doctor make a doctors appointment she goes okay yeah I, I know that i have to do that but but is that all you have to say i go what am i supposed to say and she said well you don't like you just don't care about this and I, go, I go no i care i'd like to know what's going on i go before i get emotionally invested in this. I'd like to have a real fucking diagnosis. She goes, Oh, Oh, so you don't like, this doesn't mean anything to you at all. I go, no, it'll mean everything to me. If it's, if, if it's the case, I go, but what I need you to do is I need to see some paperwork that says that it's true. She's like, Oh, you're kidding me. And I go, no, I'm not. I I go, she goes, I'm I'm scared. Aren't you scared? Like, I'm really scared right now. And this is what you're you're, you're telling me. I've got to get paperwork. And I go, no, no, listen to me. Don't don't misinterpret. I said, this is absolutely something I will be involved in. And I will figure it out once we go forward. But I can't worry about it unless we know if it's true. (laughs) And she she was aghast. I get I don't know if she expected me to fucking collapse or start sobbing with joy or what she wanted but she she basically you know what she, well what she wanted was to get the upper hand. I know that, and I knew it in the moment. So I wouldn't capitulate. I wouldn't give her the satisfaction of going, "Oh my God, no! I'll fly there immediately. We've got a we've got a baby. Any of that shit." I wasn't going to do that because I didn't know. Now look, if if she had come to me and said, "Look, I'm pregnant. I've been to a doctor," I would have had a completely different reaction. But instead, I I have to admit. After all of the years of having things weaponized, you know, and, and, you know, having her talk about possibly hurting herself, all of these things that were happening, I wasn't accepting this on her word. And I, uh, I was like, all right. Um, so once you let me know, you go take a test, get it. And you can, I said, can a pregnancy test work? She goes, well, I can try it, you know, but I also i made an appointment to my doctor already for tomorrow, but I can take that. I go, all right, go. I go, I'll, I, you need me to send you money, go get a pregnancy test and take it. And then we'll see what happens from there. And, uh, she's like, oh, she, she was very braced. She'd, oh, right, I mean, fine, I guess. All right. Yeah, I'll get it. I go, okay. I said, I'm working, but I'm here. You know, if you need me, I'm here. But just you've got to we've got to figure this out logically first before we start doing anything else. And uh, she went, oh, fine. All right, all right. And and I said, OK, fine. And she was, you know, in tears. And, and I fucking I, you know, I let her go. I said, I love you. And I hung up and I walked over to the desk. And because we were in the middle of recording when I got the emergency note. And that's why when I said to Lily, I go, look, I've got to, I got to do this because I don't. I, I If it's an emergency, whatever, I have to do it. So I come over to the desk and I just went, uh, I told Lily, I go, she, I, I go, look, I can't. She goes, well, I have an idea of what you were talking about. I go, well, I don't want anyone to get into it. I I just don't. Let's just fucking continue. And so I sat down and I started talking and I tried to pick up where I'd left off and then I, I, I stop and I just go, all right, look. And then I proceeded to talk for, I, I mean it could it, i i have no i i have no idea how long I talked for i just don't um but i i launched on the fucking show i just i couldn't stop i i unloaded about the possibility that at the age of you know forty six or whatever or forty seven i uh or forty eight i don't even know what fucking year it was I could be a father and also a father with somebody who I wasn't even talking to anymore and i I, and Lily was laughing and I was just, I was pissed and I was rolling downhill and it was just this fucking rage filled show and I'm going on and on and I'm t- and I, I didn't know how long it was. I couldn't tell you. I don't know. All I know is finally when I calmed down, I was just like, all right. And I looked at her and I go, stop down. And I go, I can't, I can't put that out. And she's like, why not? And I go, I can't. Um. And, and it was, and I, so I, I, we, I scrapped it. And I was just like, fuck it. And I saved it for a while thinking I was going to put it out. I called it episode kid year nine, I think it was. And it was in my computer forever. And then I finally went, you got to launch this shit. It was part of the purge where I was like, dude, no, man. You, what do you, because I, I couldn't, I couldn't use it. I couldn't put it out there. I couldn't. Uh, it was really, It's a, and look, I, I what am I doing? Jerking myself off. It was, it was a real, I want to say it was funny or whatever the fuck. It was an angry emotional reaction to news that I was not expecting uh, with a person that I had been through so much with. And I, you know, I've told you guys in the past that I, I, I changed who I was during that relationship on the show. You know this. Uh, I would make excuses for that person all the time. And, uh, and I also never really wanted to talk about things. I had to, I had to, you know what, you know what that, you know what the, the, the Jill years were on this show. They, they were a gun with a silencer. Um, they still accomplished what they wanted to accomplish, but they were a lot less noisy. Uh, you know i completed shows and put them out there but they they had none of the bang some of them did uh and it it doesn't it doesn't make me happy that i made that choice but at the time i was making a choice for uh what i thought was my future or my relationship or my desperate attempt to be loved or held or kept by someone who i uh I gave far more and far too much importance to in my life. Now at the time it wasn't, but over time I should have just walked the fuck away. I mean, I should have been gone and it, it, you know, the first fucking time, like the fight in the, in San Francisco, when I dropped all pretense and just went, tell me who you want me to be. I'll be that person. Tell me I'm crying in a fucking baseball stadium. You know, it's, it's strange how i let it rule me and haunt my life and control me for so long even even for the 3 years after we we had ever seen one another you know it, it just fucking it was crazy it was crazy so but that was that was another time that i i i talked and scrapped i've saved the audio for a long time so i was like well maybe i'll use this someday and then i went no nah, what are you doing man cuz here's the thing It's something you all probably would have wanted to hear at the time. And it would have made absolute sense at the time. Now, it might be something you all want to hear now. But it doesn't make any sense because that chapter is closed. That book has been thrown into the fireplace. And burned to a fucking crisp. It's bad enough I got a shovel out in this episode and dug up this grave, and I, I still feel like I was too vague here. Like I didn't, I didn't really give you <laughs> enough details. I didn't tell you too many. But 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 because you know why again though? Because it's not about hurting somebody else. It's not about oh and then this. Oh and then this. And then, and then I, I mean, all you're doing there is just settling scores and writing what you perceived to be old wrongs. When in reality, what you need to do is just kind of grow up and try to be happy moving forward. And and you know, for this show and for purposes, there are I, I it, this show is my life exhumed. We understand this. Um. But sometimes it, it, you you just put down the shovel, and you just whistle through that graveyard. Because there's no point in, in, in giving old ghosts life. Which seems antithetical because this was literally over an hour of me once again performing a mini exorcism. But it's it's different this time because this is a, if, if there is such a thing, this is a benign exorcism because I'm not haunted anymore. I'm getting to a place where I'm not haunted, where just this very subject doesn't ring in my head and make me think, what could have been. Instead, it makes me think Jesus. That's what that was. You guys can get me at Mike and Mike Schmidt comedy.com. You guys can be my friend at facebook.com slash the 40 year old boy. You can follow me at Twitter and, uh, at, at, uh, the 40 year old boy. Is that what I just said? Did I lose it? (laughs) Uh, Oh yeah, be my, yeah, follow me at twitter.com slash the 40-year-old boy. There you go. I'm at Instagram and Snapchat, Mike40YOB. That's me lurking, looking, hanging, doing, thinking. Uh, I'll be there putting up photos and things. And uh, you can find me. I'm. I'm uh, where else am I? Uh, am I on TikTok yet? I'm not, thank God. I, I can't possibly fail at another social media outlet. Uh, all right, and then our, our buddy Ryan Dirks does all the web stuff for this show. He's cool. You should find him. He's a good guy. Contact him and tell him he's the best at facebook.com slash Ryan Dirks. And David Hernandez does the music for this show, all the artwork. Uh, you can find him at facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez. Go check out all of his photos. Now, there's a leaf blower now, which is great. That's going to be perfect for the rest of the show. Uh let me try to get this over with super fast and maybe wait him out so I can do the plugs. Uh Facebook.com slash David Max Hernandez, find him there. When you get there, go to his photos, go through his artwork. He's got tons and tons of artwork he's created for this show that you can probably see that he's been tagged in. Does amazing work. He's he's someone you should definitely pay attention to online. He's one of the, you know he's one of the top ten up and coming guys named David. I know that. Go find him and look at his artwork there, please, at Facebook.com slash David mex Hernandez. He also has a closed group on Facebook called This Is Dumb, That's Dumb, You're Dumb, I'm Dumb. He wants you to join. That's right, you, as I point at the screen. Uh, Please know that he wants you to sign up and be someone who goes ahead and experiences all of his friends, like fucking, I don't know, Gravy Pete and Soupy Jill. Uh, Soupy Jill? She's not there. Soupy Joe. How about that? (laughs) No Soupy Jill. Um but go ahead and join that group. There will be questions if you try to join and just answer the questions like a grown-up, please, and then you'll get into the group. And then, hey, it's memes and fun and everybody hates Jesus. That's good. So go ahead and, if you, look, if you hate Jesus, this is the place to be. If you're thinking to yourself, Christ, I hate Christ. <laughs> that made me laugh. Hold on. Christ, I hate Christ. This is where you want to go. Uh, they, I think there's actually a self-hating Christ in the group. If there is possibly, I don't know. I'm not sure, Uh, but you'll have to check it out. This is dumb. That's dumb. You're dumb. I'm dumb as I yawn. Check it out now. Go and look at, and, and here's the thing. Look at all the artwork he creates. Uh, he's got uh, just the other day, I saw a woodchuck banging a weeble. That was fun. So go ahead and look at that. Uh, and again, he's got, of course, see through uh, Wilma, I think is her name. So she's there showing off her fucking ass to everybody. It's a great place. You should go and be a part of it. Go write, uh, go write a request. Be, I want to be part of this. And then you ask the questions you're in and boom, now you hate Jesus. It's, it's just the way it works. Everybody must hate Jesus. Everybody must hate Jesus. Uh, they hate him when he's got holes in his hands they hate him when he's healing all the bands they hate him when he turned the fish to stone they hate him drinking wine when he's all alone everybody must hate christ all right so go there please and and become a friend a friend of bill Do that's what you gotta do become a friend of bill w and join this group hi uh, my name is Mike S and I true, I, I too hate Jesus. Hey, well, you're in buddy. Uh, but it's amazing artwork that he does for that. He's done amazing artwork for the Westside 86 jokers page. You can check that out. It's fucking cool. Uh, and if you want to see, uh, well, I'll tell you this, there's some really cool ass artwork. You know, where you can find it at his website. And uh, why is this last when he doesn't really want it to be last? Uh, I just love the cadence of it on the way out here. Now he doesn't really not want it to be last, but I'm just saying he might not want it to be last. Uh, but anyway, so here it is right now, go to his website, Art by DMH.com, that's artby
0: Welcome to the Mexicans Rock and Roll limbo, where the lost souls of rock royalty pay tribute to the 40-year-old boy. Schmidt five years old into show and tell he strolled. Nobody ever told him it's the wrong way. No, it's not cool, brought a bullet into school Who you think you're gonna fool, it's the wrong way He ain't too smart for the school he attends So he's gonna read porn to his friends Salted tears running down to my chin. Hardman. the house it smells like thursday in George Arnold's house seek refuge in George Arnold's house you cannot seek refuge in George I'm rocking the shit out of these drums,
1: dude. Sponsors? Well, of course there are sponsors for this show. I don't know why. Sponsors for my ridiculous head. After this week's show was just kind of a deep dive. uh, Deep dive into a shallow pool. So I I hope nobody hurt themselves. I hope your spines are fine. You got fine spines. I'll tell you what, Mama. That's a cat call that you won't hear often. Woo! Mama, that is one fine spine. Uh, (laughs) So we have sponsors for this sort of thing. Um, And and one of them is a key sponsor, probably... Probably the sponsor who uh, I will admit is my best the best cook. This is the sponsors, the best cook who sponsors the show. How about that? Let's say that, uh, which is a big deal to me because, as you know, I'm a food fetishist, although I've, I've spent I did some cooking to my own self this past week. Maybe we'll get into that in a second. But um, but this I can firmly tell you right now that this this particular sponsor makes the best goddamn gumbo you're ever going to try at their compound. And they do it hands on. They could put they could put it out to the other monks. They could go, hey, you know what? chop, chop. Let's make our guests some gumbo. And they would stop uh, painting on a grain of rice, whatever the fuck the monks are doing. But instead our boy, fearful Jesuit stepped up and made me gumbo him's own fucking self in, in the filthiest cast iron skillet you're ever going to see. And I loved it and I was happy to enjoy it. And it made me happy to eat it. And, uh, and if I go back to his place, if I get invited to the compound again, then guess what I get to do? I will go and I will enjoy it then. And I will enjoy more gumbo. Sands rice. We're not eating rice these days. No carbs, no noodles. Can't be having any noodles or rice because that would just be delicious, right? Like, oh, hold on. I'm getting a call. I'm getting some sort of thing. Uh, all right. So let's uh, turn this off. I'm sorry, my phone, because I'm, uh, as you know, we're tardy and I'm supposed to be in the gym and uh, I'm, I'm writing him going, hey, we ran over because I cause stupid me. I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll finish the show. Uh, dumb. All right. Anyway, the point is, we have a sponsor. Hopefully, that little song doesn't play again because that's John writing me a note to go what the fuck, man. And uh, so I I will tell you that uh, we have a sponsor. Let's fuck it. Let's do it. There's this, I got thrown off by the noise, but let's start over. Hey, I have a sponsor for this show, and he makes great gumbo, and he does it himself, not the monks. Jesus Christ! It sounds like I have that written down. This is our good friend Fearful Jesuit in the show Paranoid Strain, the Paranoid Strain podcast available right now in the iTunes Store. Go ahead and check it out. Now I will tell you this: there's a new episode coming. There's a new episode of comin'. it's comin' around the bend, you're gonna put it in your ears and oh I'll tell you then, you're gonna hear about Philip K.A. Dick and all the things he did when he lost his mind after the Valus incident and that big pink light, oh it shined right in his eyes. And beamed into his brain. He thought that God was calling. He wanted to respond. The pink Ping shot information into his head. And he thought he was a precog. That's PK. PKD. <laughs> I'm having fun. I don't know why I am, but I am. Our good friend, Fearful Jesuit, has a show in the pipeline that I've, I've heard a, a, a chunk of. A slab or slicer chunk of. Uh, I'll tell you, it's a winner and it still won't spoil your dinner. I hanker for a hunk of cheese. I hanker for a hunk of Jesuit. He's out there now with his show. It's coming. It's a show about Philip K. Dick. Now you remember this last show that he did it was about uh, reality, uh, It was reality. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Is it real? Who knows? That's the whole point. He's delving in a deep dive into the brains of people who think maybe reality is a construct. Well, one of those main people was Philip K. Dick, who is apparently uh, one of Jesuits favorite authors, if not his favorite. And he, uh, he as- ascribes to him because he's crazy. He's a, he's a, That's it. That's basically it. He's a nutbag. And even Dana in this episode is just like, hey, uh, why, why do you? Because there's they, they talk about, all right, look, here's the deal. First of all, Philip K. Dick is an author. Uh, you may know him again. Ridley Scott, the first to bring PKD to the screen. Why is it PKD? Because fucking Jesuit will not stop calling him PKD. It's absolutely insane. And apparently uh, John Lennon wanted to bring PKD to the screen. By and he wanted to do the the three stigmata of Palmer Eldridge, which is another book by PKD, and that, that's Jesuit's favorite PKD novel. And then Dana goes, "It's unreadable, like it's fucking." The reason Lenin couldn't make the movie is because it's fucking, it's you, it's it's gobbledygook. It's like nobody knows how to fucking make sense of it. And Jesuit's like, "I've read it a million times," and then he equates it to heroin and says, "If he could melt the book into a spoon and shoot it into his veins, he would," because Jesuit's a freaky fucking dude. Don't kid yourselves. Uh the whole thing. Uh, well, first of all, uh, PK Dick, his his uh, entire life philosophy revol- resolves around two three seventy four. Now you would think that that's uh, February third of nineteen seventy four, or if you're uh, Dana, uh, you would think it is second uh, of March nineteen seventy four, because she lives in a country where they fuck up the calendar. But apparently, it's not that. It's the date range between February and March of nineteen seventy four, and uh, he he talks about, I guess. He's accosted, not accosted, he's visited by a hot girl in a Christian necklace, right? which sounds weird. PKD's married, he's in his house, He's and he's all fucking spun up on medicine from getting like dental work or some shit, and uh, he answers the door and there's a hot girl who wants to talk to him about Jesus, and as we all know, well, I, look, nobody wants to talk about Jesus with anybody unless it's a fucking hot chick with a fucking fish necklace, and he sees the necklace and he says, what's that? She goes, oh, it's a, it's a Christian fish symbol but used by early Christians, which makes him start to think, wow, real early Christians. And then his brain gets pierced by a pink light because God shot him in the brain with a pink light. And the pink light is called valus. And this is known as the valus incident. Uh, the pink beam shot information directly into his head and PKD thought, thinks he's a precog. And I know you're like, what are precogs? Well, did you see minority report? That's what uh, I think Martha Plimpton's a precog and she's laying in a bowl of soup. She's all, she's all, she's bald with no eyebrows, laying in a bowl of soup. And she tells you who's a kidnapper. And everybody believes her. It's the fucking dumbest thing in the world. Look, that's all you got to do. If you shave your head and lay in a kid's waiting pool, eventually you're going to go, hey, you know that guy Lario lives next door? He's a murderer. And they'll arrest him because you're a fucking precog now. You're laying in a bowl of fucking clam chowder with no hair. Everybody's like, well, obviously she's completely insane or she's super brilliant and can tell the future. Now, I know which way I'd lean. I'd go one way, but that's because nobody shot a pink light into my brain to tell me about what fucking God thinks. So there you go. PKD's a precog. Um... And, and he has a, a thing called an exegesis, exegesis, exegesis. I couldn't I look. Jesuit pronounces it properly, but I wrote it down just so I would try to remember what it was. And apparently it's 9000 pages of P Philip K. Dick analyzing his entire life. Anything that ever happened to him, he scrawled on these pages. And uh and so these there's these historians of P. K. Dick who are are putting together his exegesis exegesis. I don't fucking remember. But they couldn't even get through the 9,000 pages. They, they've only compiled 900 of the 9,000 pages. Now, get this. Jesuit listened to the audiobook of those 900 pages, probably multiple times, and he tells Dana it took him 52 fucking hours to listen to this. Now, like I said, this fucking show is above my pay grade. It's a three-hour chunk of brilliance that I can't fucking explain. It's amazing. And this one's a little, I will tell you, this one's a little easier for me because it's a deep dive into a certain guy. When The last one with the concepts and the reality, the one available now. Well, first of all, I should say this. Subscribe in the iTunes store. Please subscribe to our friend Fearful Jesuits show. It's there and it's lurking and it wants your attention. So please go ahead and find a way to subscribe to The Paranoid Strain right now in the iTunes store. Leave a review. If you would saying how great it is, how amazing it is, how much you learned, tell him you learned it from me or now you learned it from him, but I sent you there. So I'm, I'm kind of by proxy that I'm, you know what? I'm fearful Jesuit by proxy. So I'm telling you to go ahead and sign up and get it there or write him a note. Paranoid at gmail.com. Paranoid at gmail.com. Write him a note and say, Hey dude, this show is incredible. Mike sent me here. Told me to write you a note and I'm excited to do so. Uh, and like I said, eventually he was talking about having people, uh, do phone calls or he'd read letters on the air. But again, he's found, he's found his way more now by doing deep dives into the brains of geniuses. like our friend PKD. I mean, dude, listen to this fucking quote. Uh, the fucking PKD would suffer with extended fugues of unexpected philosophical, pseudo scientific, highly conspiratorial mental synthesis. Okay. Uh, and by the way, that's, that's not. A diagnosis. That's Jesuit saying that about the exegesis or whatever the fuck. He was explaining why he loved it so much and why he listened to 52 hours of the audiobook. And he said, uh, this is a guy who had extended fugues of unexpected philosophical, pseudoscientific, highly conspiratorial mental synthesis. And my favorite part is Danny to just goes, Uh, Jesuit, come the fuck on. Like she's just like, she's had enough too of his obsession with this psychopath. Um, but boy, is he on board. And it's just you, you uh And also they start getting into, I guess PKD thinks that he's living in dual timelines. Like he's living now, but he's also living in, in 38 CE. And then Dana's like, well, that would be AD. And, and so now I've got CE, I've got AD, I've got PKD, OMG, FOH, fuck out of here with all of this stuff, man. Uh, I, I learned the word orthogonally. Which is history running at right angles, I believe. Again, I'm, I'm trying to make sense of this. Uh, and I will tell you this. You know, we learn about the Black Iron Prison. We learn about all sorts of different things. It has echoes of the Matrix. Um, but Jesuit, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick a bone right now on my own fucking show. Jesuit takes a shot at me in this show. He, he, he's going to pretend he didn't, but he fucking did. Because he and I will text back and forth. And when I ever get on this show and I get, on the, I get on one of those benders of how the world is awful and how things are going to hell. And, uh, and I, I'm, I'm bleak and I don't see any hope he'll write me. And he goes, it, literally he will say, and I, I've told you this in pre- past episodes. Hey, you know, this is the best time to be alive ever in the history of the world. Like there used to be a black plague. There used to be this planes dropping out of the sky. There was a gas shortage. He mentions all this in this episode and he's like, terrible things were going They were afoot in 1974. And he speculates that maybe that has something to do with PKD's fucking mental state. But he always tells me in a text even, or he'll write me or he'll call me and he's like, you know, this is a good time to be alive. Like this is actually the best time in the history of the world to be alive. Everything's fine. And I'm like, the Arctic shelf is melting. Gases are escaping. It's going to be 145 degrees here in like two years. He's like, you're wrong. Trust me, man. He goes fucking Watergate. They were killing people on the fucking move bombings and whatever the fuck. And I'm like, all right, great. I get it. But, 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 but still, things kind of suck now, don't they? And he's like, Look, man, you're just, you're really, you're putting way too much into this. This is the best time in the world technologically, advancements in medicine. This is the best time in the world to be alive. So we kind of go back and forth on that. Even though I'm not really going forth, he's coming back at me and I'm just going, Cool. I, all right. I, I hear you. And I don't disagree with what you're saying about some of the stuff, but it is pretty fucking terrible. And he just, I guess he wants me to just fucking Pollyanna it and go, No, man, everything's great. The world's great. It's a great place uh because then in the show this he's literally talking about how uh like i said he says orthogonally and it's which is i guess history running at right angles or whatever and he starts to mention about how things were in 1974 and he says this quote as i wrote it down recency bias causes many these days to presume that ours is the most fraught period in recent history but that's completely inaccurate and really silly and, uh, and that's a shot right at me. That's right across the bow of Mike Schmidt. I recognize that. I know what you're trying to fucking do there, pal. You're coming after me hardcore. And, uh, and why would you do that when you sponsor this goddamn show? And I sponsor your fucking show by telling everybody about how great it is. Uh, granted I do that cause you're a sponsor of this show. Although I would still tell them it was great cause I've listened to it. Whatever the fuck, who cares? But he takes this fucking shot. Look at that fires at will at me. You can find his show in the iTunes store. As I said, please download it. It's great. It's the Paranoid Strain podcast. This and they're talking about a big PKD in this episode, which is not out yet. It will be soon. But go listen to the reality episode again. Lose yourself in that and get ready for yourself uh, for some PKD talk. This is, uh, you know, this is a slogan I'm going to give him for free and he can run with this. I, I think he says the, the Paranoid Strain is the black iron prison of podcasts. And you can quote me on that, friends because uh you know it's almost like the hotel california you can uh check out anytime you like you'll never leave because what but but jesuit says stays with you it haunts you it's like a mind gumbo that sticks to your brain ribs so so by all means go ahead and download it this instant the paranoid strain hosted by fearful jesuit available now on the itunes store my friend Rob Matsushita also has a podcast you can listen to. He's a good guy. He's pretty fun and nice. Uh, he has a podcast called The Knife Drop. And Let's see if a new episode is out yet. Hold on. I'm, I'm pulling it up. Knife Drop Podcast. Uh, it's on Stitcher. I'll tell you that. It's on Stitcher. It's on Anchor. Uh, the most recent episode is still episode 11. 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 11. I, I call that episode Stranger Things, huh? Wasn't that that chick's name? Uh, they talk about, of course, Opportunity Knox, which is Dana Carvey's, uh, movie that everybody hated. Uh, one of the best horror movies of last year, one cut of the dead, which is not a Dana Carvey movie or one that anybody hates. And the domestic thriller, when the bow breaks, that's available. And all of the episodes are available again, like I said, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10, the holiday special was number eight. Of course, uh, it's available at Stitcher. It's available at pod Bay. It's available at anchor. Uh, that's where you want to find the Knife Drop Podcast. Uh, again, the re- the most recent one is available now. Episode 11 came out uh, a little earlier in February, and I'm sure they're working on episode 12 furiously, frantically right now as I speak. Go do Big Slim McGroovy a solid. Go help out our buddy Rob Matsushita and download and subscribe to the Knife Drop Podcast where you will learn, again, all about Opportunity Knocks. And I'll tell you what, that's fortuitous because right now Opportunity is knocking for you folks. If you'd like to hear a great podcast, well then, by all means, Opportunity telling you right now to go over to Stitcher, Anchor, or Podbay and get the Knife Drop and listen as they talk about when the bow breaks. I know you want to do that. Opportunity is knocked, friend. Fucking answer it. Rob Matsushita and the Knife Drop podcast, available right now, uh, where finer podcasts are sold. <laughs> hey, uh, I have a Patreon. That's right. This is what I'm doing in a fucking Friday as the show comes out late. I beg you for money because I'm a weirdo, weirdo uh, there's a Patreon page. You can support this show if you want. I'd appreciate it. That'd be pretty cool. If you did, uh, patreon.com slash the 40 year old boy, or at least go to Patreon or search 40 year old boy, Patreon. You'll find me on there. I'm there. Uh, should I tell you about Uber and Lyft anymore? Nobody uses it. Eh, it's boring. Uh, I'm doing it. But if you, you know, if you guys want the code, you know, Jesus Christ, it's, it's been blazoned on your brains at this point. But, uh, but if you want it, ask me and I'll tell you cameo exists. Hire me for cameo. Uh, I actually have one pending it came in and I, I, uh, I, but I, I've been running around a lot the last two days, so I haven't been able to get to it, but I will, I can't say who it is, but there is a, there is a cameo pending. There's a cameo on deck for you from someone who cares very much about you. And I can't wait to tell you about them and me. Let's do all that stuff. Why not? Uh, so stupid. So cameo is an app that you put on your phone. You can uh, go ahead and download it and hire me to do uh, the devil's business and I'll, and the business is good. Killing is my business, and business is so good. Find me on Cameo. uh, It's 20 bucks. 20 to you, 15 to me, 5 to them. Look at that. What a great relationship we have. So go ahead and find the Cameo app and hire me to do something. Tell you that you're great. Talk about the NCAA tournament. Let's preview some baseball. Let's talk about fantasy baseball. I'll do anything you want. I'll jump through whatever fucking circus hoops you got. Just to make up for the fact that the show came out on a Friday, goddammit. But it's available now, the Cameo app. Go ahead and put it on your phone and find me and ask me to do cool-ass stuff and talk about a bunch of stuff to a bunch of people you know, and I'm happy to do it as I tap my finger like this to make a point. Go get it. I'm there on Cameo. Uh, I have an Amazon link. If you go to MikeSchmidtComedy.com and you go to the merchandise page, which is the Joe Business page, you will find the Amazon link right there. Click on it, and then you're shopping. We get money, they get money, you get stuff. You're going to Amazon anyway. You're buying stuff. you look. We're destroying this world together. Why don't I? Why shouldn't I fucking profit off of it? Go to my page again, MikeSchmidtComedy.com. Go to the merchandise page and uh, which was the Joe Business page. Click through, find the Amazon link, and ding, 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 ding. You're shopping then, and I get fucking coinage. I get big time fucking booyah base off of you and all your spending. So go spend a ton, please. Fund this fucking show and keep me alive. Keep yourself alive, keep yourself alive. Use the Amazon link and keep Mike's show alive. Do that now, please. Do you think it's getting better every day? Uh, You know who's asking me that? That's fucking Jesuit. (laughs) He's going, do you think it's better every day? That's my imitation of a Brian May guitar. Uh, Please use my link. Go to MikeSchmidtComedy.com. Go to the merchandise page. Click on the Amazon link and, hey, you're shopping. I'm making money. We get money. They get money. You get stuff. It keeps me afloat. And I like to be kept afloat. Uh, what else? I've covered it all, right? Oh, Twitch, man. I'm on Twitch. you know that? I'm on Twitch right now, lurking, hanging out, having a good time. Having a good time. Having a good time. I'm a supersonic game player now, and you're watching me as I play video games. Play video games. Play video games now. da, 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 da. Fat Bottom Mike, he's playing video games right now. All right. Uh, I don't know what the fuck's happening. But go check all that stuff out, please. Why wouldn't you? I think you should. I'm on Twitch. Subscribe. Follow and subscribe. You'll see me play video games and you'll see my face. And uh, I haven't played in a week. I'm going back on this afternoon. That's right. It's Friday. I'll be back on there lurking and playing at some point. Uh, All right. So what else is there to tell you something? Oh, I'll tell you this. All right. Here's let's get into the mistake I made. First of all, uh, yesterday, the episode for Rock Solid Yacht Rock came out and I'm on that. Go check out the Rock Solid podcast. My buddy Pat Francis and Mike Siegel, both of them. They're co-hosts of that show, and they asked me to sit in on the Yacht Rock episode. And where did we record it? Out on Thunder Island. It's available now. Go download that in the iTunes Store. It is an epic uh, show with me and Mike. That's right. I I used Epic. That's how young I am. Me and and first of all, it's hosted by Pat Francis and Mike Siegel. And then I get called in. I'm like, they're like, Hey, man, how you doing? You want to come over? And I did, but I didn't get to bring any songs, any Yacht Rock songs. Here's what I'm gonna do. Uh, not now because I'm talking to you fucking guys late. Um, Hey, what a shock that I haven't done this yet. I've had two weeks to do it. Uh, I'm going to make my own playlist of yacht rock stuff to go along with Mike's and Pat's Mike's and Pat's are on the show and we, we go back and forth and we talk about them, but I'm going to make my own Spotify playlist via Spotify. That's where you make your Spotify playlist, right? Via Spotify. I'm going to put it out there for you guys to hear my own yacht rock selections, uh, whoa, yacht rock selections, bam, lamb, whoa, selections, bam, lamb. Here's my yacht rock, bam, lamb. And listen for uh, Baker street. yamba lamb. Uh, did queen do black Betty? I don't think they did. All right. So that is, it's going to be available for you soon, but the show is available now, but here's what I did. And, and maybe now you'll, you'll understand. I don't know if you will. Cause it feels like I, I, like I cheated on you guys, but I didn't cause you'll be able to partake in this as well. Um, Yesterday I went out with Pat I I, I had an appointment to go out with him last night and I you know obviously the show didn't get put up yesterday during the day and I like I told you I sat and recorded a few times and throw away chunks of audio and then I was like you know clear your fucking head so I had a a thing scheduled with Pat last night where we wound up going to a Ronnie James Dio cancer benefit we wound up going to uh, the Eddie Money tribute concert. And, uh, and both of those were in one night. And I, I, and I, again, I did not record yesterday and in my brain, I'm like, all right, you know what I'm going to do? We'll go out, we'll have a good time. We'll get this taken care of. And then I'm going to come home and I'm going to bang out a late night record talking about everything that happened tonight. It's going to be fucking amazing. So we were leaving the Eddie money tribute event last night and we were walking to our car and Pat goes, here's an idea. I'm going to float this idea at you. And I go, cool. And he goes, we go now right to the studio and we record an episode of everything that we just did tonight, in addition to reviewing the new Ozzy Osbourne album track by track that just came out tonight, and I, I literally started. I laughed, and I was like, "All right, uh, yeah, cool. I mean, I can do that. That's fine." And and he's just like, "Well, what? You, you don't want to do it?" I go, "Well, dude, I I literally was about to go home and do my show, and I was going to talk about everything that happened tonight." He's like, "Oh," I go, "No, it's cool. We'll do your thing because we're together." And uh, and look, I mean you know, again, you know, me and my weird obligations and bullshit. Um, Pat drove, Pat got me into the DO thing. Uh, I had to buy my ticket for, for the Eddie money thing, but still it, it's, you know, again, I, I, and I enjoy doing rock solid, you know, I was like, all right, that'll be cool. And also here's the deal. You guys get to hear that anyway. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I could have done it myself and it would have been, it would have been fucking awesome. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm great. Because I did it with Pat, and it came out great. In addition to having the Aussie shit mixed in with all the weird stuff we did last night, which was totally fun, that show comes out Monday. So, here is my my what I tell you folks. Uh, I so then we finished last night at like two fifteen in the morning, and I got home and I sat down to record, and I was fucking, I was gacked. I can't, I won't lie to you, I was fucking wiped out. So I fell asleep at the desk, and then I got up and I went to bed, and uh, I fuck, I, you know, I didn't even go to bed. I went to the couch. I set my alarm for like 8 a.m. and I fucking slept right through it. What a mess. It's just a mess, dudes. I, I, and maybe by telling you this, you're going to be like, Mark doesn't take the show seriously. No, Mike takes the fucking show seriously. He does. But I, I, I felt obligated to a friend. So I went and did that show. And in my bearing, I'm like, well, I'm going to record a show for you guys. And, and look, you might have sat through this and went, this is garbage. We would have much rather heard about it yesterday. I hope not. I hope that wasn't the case. Because uh, I also, honestly, I had a bunch of other shit to talk about, but we wound up just kind of spinning off in X-Land and talking about that shit for a while. And, and that exists. So my point is: right now, you can download Rock Solid, the, the Yacht Rock episode, which was crazy fun with me, Mike, and Pat. And then Monday, and this is completely true, there will be a three-hour Rock Solid episode where we literally cover everything from the Dio show, everything from the Eddie Money tribute show. And then we review the Ozzy album in between like it's fucking it is a gigantic chunk of content and it's there for you. And and I hope you'll forgive me for not bringing it to this show first. I I I felt obligated to Pat and I love talking with Pat. I mean, I have a really good time doing his show, so it was really fun to do. And we covered a ton of bases. And that's available Monday. So this is, and this is here for you Friday. This is still me talking. I think there might be some funny in here. Maybe, who knows? Possibly. I hope, I hope you can mine some funny out of this show, but there's a ton of funny in the rock solid. that will come out Monday. And, uh, and there's also a ton of funny in the rock solid. that's out now the yacht rock episode. Go ahead and check those out. Uh, Download it now. And if you haven't subscribed to rock solid, go ahead because Pat's great. He does a fantastic job. And I I I will tell you this about last night. Um, uh, and I'm, fuck it. I'm just going to tell you. We, you know, we were told there were special guests. Louis Anderson was the host. We were told that uh, Greg Kinn was going to be there, Sammy Hagar, Rick Springfield. The big things were Sammy Hagar and Rick Springfield. I didn't give a shit about anybody else, but they said there'd be special guests. But then Mickey Thomas was going to be there and John Waite. And I really love John Waite. Pat loves him, but I, I, you know, I like him. So I was excited to see John Waite. So we go to the show, and uh, the first surprise we get is Tommy Tutone is there. And, uh, that was, that was less a surprise and more of an alarming discovery. <laughs> we were like, all right, this is happening. And everybody picked a, a, an Eddie money song to do. Everybody did a tribute song. And, and then, oh, I should tell you this, but uh, I get in the car yesterday and Pat goes Rick canceled. No, Rick. I go, what? Springfield's sick. He's got the flu. He's not going to be there last night. And I'm like, mother fucker. Cause I look, I, I'll be honest. I'm in the room for Rick Springfield. Sammy Hagar is is the silver trophy, and everything else is the bronze. Whatever the fuck happens, happens. But I'm there for fucking Rick Springfield, and he he has to bail. And I get it. If you're 70 and you got the flu, you're literally almost dead. I mean, they're they're fashioning a coffin for you at that moment. So, I'm I'm fully understanding why he's got to stay home at that point. Which is, and I want him to. I want Rick to stay alive. I want him to keep rocking everybody into the goddamn future. So he uh he doesn't make it. So they, you know, they they start bringing people out. They bring out fucking Thurgood is there, George Thurgood. They bring out Two Tone. They bring out Kin. Mickey Thomas is there, and the Eddie Money band is playing, and they're doing their fucking horrible nonsense. Whatever the fuck they do, it's his daughter and all that bullshit. And you're like, all right, good for you, good for you, Jesse Money. But uh, but the the two highlights of the night, I'm going to just tell you about them right now. John Waite comes out. And John Waite comes out with uh, no band, just a guitar player. And John Waite does a song called Save a Little Room in Your Heart for Me or Save a Little Room in Your Heart. I don't know. And he does it. You know, it's just acoustic, him and a guitar player. And there's a photo of him and Eddie Money behind him. And and John Waite looks amazing, by the way. This guy's 70 years old, full head of perfect hair and and not a weave. Doesn't look strange. And he also comes out wearing a hat. He's wearing a fucking trilby or whatever the fuck. And I'm like, all right, well, something. he's got a mess going on up top. Obviously, all these guys do that bandana, whatever the fuck. Takes the hat off, and his hair's gorgeous. It's absolutely perfect. It's fucking long shoulder length. He just, it just, he. if I'm 70 and I look like that, just fucking lock me in a fucking, just make a hand solo out of me. Put me in fucking carbonite. I'm in. I want to look like that fucking forever. Because he looked so good. And then he did this song. And I, it's, you know, I'm a sap. We know this. I teared up because it was the first real moment of the show. It's like four acts in, and it's the first real moment of the show because they're doing an AXIS TV television show. You know, they're, they're, they're even the, the video tributes are like, Eddie was really funny. He was a great singer. Take care, Eddie. You know what I mean? Like, there's no real heartfelt stuff. Even the family comes out, and there was no galvanizing presence. Like, it's the daughter and the two sons. The wife doesn't even come out till the end, but not one of them stepped up to a microphone with real heartfelt veracity and went, hey, we lost our father. But we share him with you guys. Like, I mean, whatever, any eulogy you could give. But instead they're like, we're keeping our dad's music alive. And then she's banging a tambourine on her, her hip after her giant tits wouldn't stop moving. Jesus Christ, Jesse Money. I mean, she just the shelf on this chick was ridiculous. But John Waite just destroys it. I mean, he's he's just so goddamn good. He's so goddamn good. And it's I teared up because again, he looks he starts singing to the photograph after a bit of him and Eddie money and pointing at it, gesturing with the hat. And, you know, it was the first moment of real, Hey, we're here to celebrate a guy who's gone. And it was terrific. Um, Kevin Cronin and Dave Amato from, from REO Speedwagon were there and they came out and joined the band. And, uh, Kevin Cronin gave a speech about how he knew Lori. And if you're a rock and roll person behind you, there's always a woman taking care of you. And, uh, you know, we, we love these women because they make sure that we're fine and we, we do our best and our kids. And and it was just, again, a, a very nice little speech, but then he did that rock and roll thing where he goes, uh, you know, uh, Eddie had his Lori and I have my Lisa. And, uh, these are the women who are behind you and they take care of you and they keep you strong when you're touring and doing the things you do. And, but they're also the women, the first second you met them, you knew you looked right at them and you said, I think I'm in love and then of course they played think i'm in love and cronin and amato again i i saw i did they just tore the place up i saw ario a couple weeks ago with pat i'll tell you about that next week but they they do think i'm in love and it's rocking and it's really good and it's it's it was it was terrific it was great and then we get the money family coming out and they do what springfield would have done which was i want to go back uh they do that song and they ruin it but then we get like a video tribute of their, you know, rock and roll salutes Eddie Money. And it was Elton John. And it was all these YouTube clips and shit of and Instagram photos of people saying, oh, you know, we loved Eddie. He's gone. What? And uh, it felt a little cheesy. It was good because you saw how much recognition he got from all these people all over the world of music. And again, the only special guests we've had up to this point have been uh, Tommy Tutone and Steve Wozniak. Uh, who you may know from Apple fame and also from the Us Festival, the guy put on the Us Festival. And he came out to tell a a nice story about Eddie and the Us Festival. But I mean, those aren't, you know, that's not lighting the fucking candle for me. And then that video tribute ends with all of rock and roll, loves Eddie money, whatever the fuck. And the, the lights come up and there's a stool on stage and then like a music stand. And the announcer says, ladies and gentlemen, James Hetfield what the fuck? And that's literally, he said James Hetfield and I fucking, like I kind of braced like, like, huh? And I looked at Jet at, at, at Pat and I just go, what? And James Hetfield walks on stage and he's just in jeans and a fucking like a blue fl- fucking flannel shirt, I guess. I don't know. And he sits down and he tells a great story about his first meeting with Eddie Money. And how their egos got in the way, and uh, and then eventually they got over it and they became great friends, which I would have never known. And then accompanied only by uh, Rick Springfield's drummer on a shaker, you know, one of those things. He has an acoustic guitar, and James Hetfield does a version of "Baby Hold On," that I I would I termed it "Baby Hold On" the ominous version. And you'll hear me say this on rock solid. He took a song that is essentially hopeful. You know what I mean? The lyrics are still like, hey, you know, she might be leaving, but baby, hold on to me. Whatever will be, the future is ours to see when you hold on to me. He's convincing her to stay. But, and, and, and so it's optimistic. It's hopeful. But, but the way Hetfield sings it, it sounds like a warning. It, it, it's. It baby, hold! I can't even do it. I can't. But the thing is, I will tell you this: it's on YouTube. I've already found it. Go find it because a million people filmed it and put it up. And it is a version of this song that you've never heard before, that you never expected to hear, and it is fucking great. It is James Hetfield bringing the fucking. Because I will say this too: when he first came out, this is a crowd, a rock, classic rock crowd who loves REO and Eddie Money. They might not know Metallica, or if they know Metallica, they don't know they know Metallica. They don't know. You know, James Kirk, Lars and and uh the fucking bass guy now. Jesus Christ, I said Jason, but uh, the dude from Suicidal. Um they don't they don't know these dudes. How can I not remember the bass player of fucking of, of Metallica? Fuck. Uh and I know you're all gonna write me. Literally, that's all I'm gonna get from the show is people just give me his name. Um, but but then when he starts to talk, they get the voice and they start to hear it, and they kind of get there's a vibe in the room, and then they start to cheer when he sings, and then he just crushes it when he finishes, he just sits, he sits on the stool still and he accepts this fucking standing ovation and, and then he, uh, and then he says, you know, something nice about Eddie and then he bails and it's, it was magic. It was what you were hoping for. It was, it was what you go to that hoping for. I, you know, and then Sammy Hagar has to follow him and guess what? Well, you, uh, it was not, it was not pretty. Even Sammy, Sammy even comes out late because they introduce him and he's like 30 seconds late and then he even goes because there, there's a thing when you're on the road doing comedy, when you're doing stand-up, if the guy before you kills, you're in the back going, oh, Jesus. All right. Well, this is going to be interesting. What the fuck's going to happen here? And then sometimes the headliner or whomever will go out and just go, hey, how about another hand for Mike? That guy was great, right? And what you're doing then is you're getting a, you're getting some applause for yourself, even though it's not for you, via the other guy's act. And then also you're letting them know that guy's gone. This is your last, uh, your last gasp. This is, you're shooting your last rope for this guy. And now I'm here. Let's focus on me. And fucking Sammy comes out into my brain. I'm like, if he acknowledges Hetfield, this is going to be weird. And sure enough, he he acknowledges. He just goes, hey, he goes, hey, I'm here, I'm here, because he was late. And he goes, I'm here. But I'll tell you what, that was probably the best acoustic performance I've ever seen in my life. And the place goes crazy, of course. And uh, and in my head, I went, wow, he's nervous. He's nervous. And I understand why he's nervous because he's playing with the with the Eddie Money band. He's not playing with his band, he's not, and he's not playing one of his hits. He's playing one of Eddie Money's hits. So he's playing a song he doesn't know with a band he doesn't know after that performance. And it showed. He was nervous, which is weird. A guy who's 70 years old, has been a rock star for 50 years, is nervous? He was. And it showed. But, uh, but we had a great time. And you can hear that on the Rock Solid episode. We break it down. We go into it uh, deeper and deeper. That comes out on Monday and I know, yeah, and, and look, so that's what I'm saying. Do you guys think, am I like, am, am I going behind your back and fucking somebody else if I put that stuff on the Rock Solid podcast? I don't know. I hope not. I had fun talking to my friend and he asked me and I felt obligated. And so I went over there to do it. And and I and, uh, is it, did it make this show even more tardy? It probably did. And I do apologize for that. I don't mean to be tardy. I'm apologizing for tardy, not apologizing for content because this is still me talking with a fucking microphone. And if you got that, you got everything. That's all you need. All you need is me talking into a goddamn microphone, right? Isn't that the thing that you need? No? Wait, don't go. Please don't leave. Please don't leave me alone. I know the weekend's coming. Give me some spot on your Saturday. That's all I ask for. Plug me into your earbuds tonight on a Friday. Can't you listen to me on a Sunday? Wouldn't you? I'm, a, I'm a Sunday guy. I know you're supposed to be breezing, and eating fried chicken, and going to church with your fucking family, but can't, isn't there room for some fucking profanity? Isn't there room for your internet chum on a Sunday? Please talk to me. Keep me. Don't let me go. Don't let me fade into the distance. No, no, please. I won't shrink. I won't. You not let me.
0: Podcast! Podcast! Podcast.